0: Hey Jess, how's it going? Hey Dan, it's going it's
1: going it's going okay.
0: Good, good. I've I've been thinking about you. I'm glad to see you. I always am, I'm always counting the days, counting the minutes until we get back in front of these microphones to do the podcast so we can catch up and see each other. I miss you during the week. I'm glad we have this time together. You know what I mean? Yeah. I miss you during the week. Okay, I'm kidding. Obviously, I'm joking. I said microphones. We only have one microphone. So I was kidding about that. I'm sorry.
1: Where is this going? I don't know. I don't
0: have a... Uh, here's here's what I'm thinking. Like, maybe every year we kind of take a little break from the bits. So I was just being silly. I'm just being silly.
2: Because oh, I love you. Uh, we're
0: okay. we're married. We're always together.
1: Wait, You're, we are? Yes. When oh did this God. happen? <laughs> when I go
3: down. When I go down. I go down. Myself
1: some Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins' pod.
0: Hello. As I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted <laughs> by that clip of the song. Uh, I'm just going to take... I started school. Yeah. Well, I didn't say that before, but this is what I'm building towards. I started school again. It's very busy. We already have been, like, lackluster with the bits for the last couple weeks. Yeah. So we're going to take a break from them. Last time we took a break from the bits... Tim Sullivan called up and was like, I can't believe you actually aren't doing the little comedy bits at the top of the show anymore. And we're like, well, I guess we got to keep doing it for him. We haven't heard from that guy in in almost a year. Yeah. So I think we're safe now. We can just do what normal podcasts do and just chit-chat at the top
1: of the show and then get into the rest of the episode. That sounds good. Yeah, Dan's back in school at Cal State. Exciting stuff.
0: And community college because there's some requisites that I'm missing and I need to take them Like, they're letting me take them while I also start my university degree to get a better accounting degree. This will be my third degree. Because I have my film degree. I have a... And
1: technically, we have two film degrees because we got an associate's first and then we got our bachelor's. So, this will be
0: my fourth degree. That's right. Because our our, our, uh, our degree mill (laughs) film school that we went to... (laughs) It's like you get a bachelor's degree in what was it two years? Yeah, by basically going to school year round, year twenty four hours a day. Yeah, it was where I met you, so I would never want to not go there. But it's a bit of a jip when I, I want I to not back go there. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> so um, anyway, yeah, I'm going back to school for another accounting degree because I have my film bachelor's and I have my accounting associates and film is a is a is a career where your degree doesn't really matter it doesn't really matter you go to school you get the knowledge maybe you make some connections but the degree nobody cares what your degree is when you apply for film work when you apply for accounting work they very much care what your degree actually is it's one of the fields where your degree actually (laughs) does matter they should be just honest because Our parents' generation are always like, the degree matters. They want to see you have initiative. But it's not true for a lot of fields. But then for some of them, it is true. So there should be like an honest list of what fields of work does the degree matter and what fields of work does it not matter. So kids can make informed decisions about whether or not they actually have to go to school. So I'm not going, so I wouldn't be going to school reaching the age I'm reaching (laughs) next year. And going back to school again.
1: That just reminded me that I saw, like, a a, it was on Instagram, but somebody had, like, screen-capped the Snickers Twitter. And they had been like, let's face it, you can't ever buy a house. You're never going to be able to have kids. You, like, have no money and you got a degree in something that you absolutely aren't going to be able to get a job in. Uh So have a Snickers.
0: Was that a real tweet that Snickers sent, Apparently, or they made it fake?
1: I think it was a real one. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't investigate. Well, I mean the
0: the, the podcast Twitter is following Snickers. Uh, no, it's Uh-oh. following uh, Skittles and Combos. <laughs> which at the time we did that song, I don't know why I wasn't harassing both of those accounts all that week. I'm shocked. Too late. Let's see, Snickers. Did you think Snickers? Uh, twitter handle is real is the real snickers (laughs) like someone else got (laughs) snickers first i don't think so (laughs) okay let's try that to be
1: fair it could be from years ago because sometimes these memes just like make the rounds and then they pop back up on you know 20 different i mean it sort of sounds fake
0: to be honest and making fake twitters is so easy making fake tweets is so easy Although sometimes I see fake tweets and I'm like, they didn't put any effort into this at all. All you need, take this from me, is like a Twitter account that nobody knows about. You, It's, it's locked, it's private, and you tweet whatever silly thing you want to tweet. And then you screen cap that. And then you go and you screen cap a tweet from Snickers. Right. And then you stitch those two together. Don't like just put it in some text app. And just put the text over, unless that's the joke, you want it to look bad. If you want to make a fake tweet, do what I do. Oh, there it is.
1: At Snickers. I don't know. Could be fake. Probably fake. Whatever. It does say it's the
0: US one. This is this is why people listen to the When I Go Down episode of Relying K. So we can investigate if if, if Snickers really did tweet this angsty 30-year-old thing. I mean, this angsty thing for 30-year-olds.
1: If I had known it would lead to this deep investigation, I would not have brought it up.
0: I don't think it's real.
1: Why are you never like this when I I want to talk about true crime, Dan?
0: Oh, Jessica loves true crime so much. (laughs) And it depresses me. It depresses me. It's not even like, I don't need, I don't know. Have we have we talked? we talked. We about have it talked about this, before. but it's like then you told me some really interesting fact about something. Oh, you told me what towns in Texas are like the hotbeds of human trafficking, and the reason she told me is because one of these towns we stopped in on our way driving through Texas this Christmas. Yeah,
1: Danny was like, "Oh, I found this great like VHS store that's like way out of the way in the middle of nowhere, and we went an at hour north night. of Austin." And we're like, and I'm like, Danny, we are absolutely going to die out here. Well, then
0: she's watching this video, and that town turns out to be one of them, the hotbeds of human trafficking. And I was, I was like, no, that's interesting. And she's like, I'm sorry, I talked to you about, about (laughs) all these awful things. I'm like, well, you didn't give me details. It's when Jessica gives me details about this. I don't even want to make the jokes. This woman had this happen. I'm like, I don't need to know. You're
1: keeping someone's memory and case alive, and it's a way of like honoring you're them doing and that bringing, i don't need to do that <laughs> and bringing their case to light so that hopefully if someone just has information
0: i just feel it too heavily I, can't. I feel the
1: same thing too that's why i don't watch the news i don't watch the news because it's too upsetting <laughs> but like i'll sit here and listen to a true crime podcast i don't know tragedy t- plus time equals jessica can take it I'm like also because I am a very like anxious, paranoid individual. I'm like this is also helping me to prepare myself so I can keep myself safe when I go out and about. If I know all the possibilities, uh-huh. then I can I can prepare myself. And now and I hate it when you safe. go out
0: by yourself because I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> what's gonna happen? Because all I hear in the background, and you put your headphones in when you can put them in, but sometimes I hear these stories in the background, and I'm like, great, great. She's going. Jessica's going to the gym, or she's going to Target without me, and I don't know if she'll ever come home. I'm so scared. Filling me with anxieties. Giving me your anxieties. Thanks a lot. I love you. So that ties in perfectly to the song this week. No, we have voicemails first. So we're all caught up on all those backlog of voicemails we are well finally? other than all the ones from daniel that i feel like we can just kind of <gasps> hit on once in a while all right you know what i mean yeah but so i want to keep that doesn't count on being caught up on voicemails if we still have voicemails well we have new voicemails so we're going to focus on the new voicemails and stay caught up so here is one right here
4: hey it's jake from minnesota i won't take three minutes but i do have a question What's the latest rumors of a new Lion's K album? I would love to hear some new music and uh, looking forward to hearing your answer. Bye.
0: Well, thanks. First time, long time. I don't know if he's a long time listener. <laughs> but thanks, thanks for the call. Thanks for the call. Jake from Minnesota. He possibly tweeted at us as well like a week ago. I didn't realize this voicemail would be here when I someone asked me on Twitter the exact same question. So I'm guessing it's the same person. But I'll spend all that time looking up if that Snickers tweet is real, but I won't go back to our Twitter to see if this is the same person. So we do get asked this. Not like we have any special in the know situation. We know as much as any sort of fan who digs deep might be aware of. But first thing to know is that the rumors that Reliant K is just flat out done are like just not true. There's just no actual proof to that. It's all just worry. It's all just worry because they haven't been around for so long. And really, there were there were v- very credible uh, sources that said that in 2020, they were going to do a 21st anniversary tour. Sorry, not 21st. I always add an extra 10 years, which is bad that I'm going back to school for accounting. An 11-year anniversary for <sighs> That's why you're going today. back yeah. to school
2: for accounting. <laughs>
0: There's very credible sources that, in 2020, they were going to do an 11th anniversary tour for um, Forget Not Slow Down. And that when COVID hit, because this tour was only in the early stages of planning, they simply dropped the plans. Didn't ever mention them publicly, other than the sources who kind of know what was happening, who leaked it, who sort of vaguely leaked it. And then they all just went off and went, and Matt and Matt, like, spent the year with their family, because it was COVID, pandemic. Just everyone be safe, right? So now they're getting back together. They had this thing with Schneck at the 1981 headquarters where they just got together and played. And no one knows exactly what that is. Schneck is being coy about it, if it involves anything or what. But we know that there's a show booked in March for New York City. And also, when Hoops did an Instagram Live AMA from the 1981 instagram he was talking about like it was actually daniel who asked like you know what's what's gonna happen in the future of lion k for another album and hoops was candid and he's like well i hope we do another rock album i plan to do another rock album and all this stuff if they just had flat out no plans if they were never gonna be together again if they were never gonna have new music then they wouldn't even like entertain these thoughts they wouldn't even answer those questions yeah
1: it would and if anything it would be like well there's no plans right now or something like that it would be less hopeful
0: so there's no news about music but i'm sure matt teeson has been writing a ton of music and even hoops have been writing music over the last year and a half now when they can safely get together and record it and all that stuff you know teeson's already done his stuff with fangs recently and everything like that. So it's like not like they're not working on things, but I'm sure a lot of stuff is
1: going on behind the scenes. But Do you no know what I hope those yet. songs don't include thematically? What? Messing up, asking for forgiveness, <laughs> and messing up again.
0: Yep. <laughs> this is a big, bad friend decent song this week, and we'll yeah. get into that. But here's another voicemail from Connor.
4: Hey, Danny and Jess, it's Connor. Uh, holy shit, so many things um, from the last episode and a couple episodes. Um, I'm gonna try to talk quick but it's probably going to I'll probably have a callback. But anyway, so um first and foremost, um hell yeah, a Patreon D and D group. I am super down for that. Don't know when I'd fit it into my busy life, but absolutely. Um secondly, uh, you thought talk, you talked about Kanye West being a Christian or whatever. And something that I think is funny is um something I've discovered is that yeah that if there's one way to almost, without fail, piss off, like, a millennial evangelical, is to say that uh, it's just to talk shit about um, Kanye West's album Jesus is King, um, because he kind of became, like, the token artist for a little bit, and it was weird. Um, But, anyway, uh, tying into that, um, kind of following up on some of my past voicemails, uh, just some context and a little background for, like, why I get so excited when uh, Danny goes on big rants about stuff. Um I grew up a pastor's kid and so like i was I was very deeply entrenched in like all of the toxicity of things that were discussed and things like that. Um so much so that I was like super conservative and bigoted and ended up like when I got into college, I ended up joining a cult for like two years. No joke. Uh there are like news articles about a cult on campus at C U Boulder. You can look them up. Pretty great, awful.
0: Jessica, has that come up? This, has that come up in all your true crime research?
1: Well, actually, I mean yes, because I also do have like another side interest in just like cults and that in general. But I actually also have a friend who was a pastor's kid. And when she went to college, but this was in North Carolina, she too ended up joining a cult. So uh, interesting. Seems to be a career track you can take. <laughs> yeah.
0: Speak to your career. And much like it sounds advisor. like and See, my- I'm, back in, I'm only I'm back in college for two weeks. I'm already speaking the lingo.
1: And much like Connor Daddy, she too, at least I'm guessing, got out as part of the moral of the story. <laughs> or, or is he?
4: Let's find out. <laughs> Um, but anyway, I was fortunate enough to get out of that and with that and experiences growing up and experiences after that, like that's why I get super pumped when daddy starts yelling about stuff because I'm right there yelling with ya. So yeah, that's why I have fun with that. Also, that's file that away. Tying into that, the thing I'm most excited to talk to you guys, you two about, um, I cannot believe We talked about Willie Ames and Christian pop culture so much on the last episode and didn't end up talking about Miles Peterson, a man who had it all. wealth status, success, but still something was lacking. Um, I feel like I hope I'm the first person to enlighten you two to this thing that exists. Um, But I can – you talked about – you were like, oh, yeah, Willie Ames, they somehow got him to, like, call in for this thing or whatever. I can almost guarantee – that Toby Mac knew, knew him personally because Willie Ames was huge in like Christian children's media stuff in the late 90s, early 2000s because of something that exists called Bible Man.
0: So I actually talked to Connor on DM about this after he sent the voicemail and I actually had it in my notes last week about Bible Man. I pulled like one Bible Man clip of like behind the scenes footage and I have heard of Bible Man. I've never seen an episode but i had heard about it and it just never came up do you had do you have any memories of bible man maybe when you were in, you know, watching kids in the nurseries at church.
1: I was only familiar with Bible Man through you. I feel like I saw maybe like a DVD or something at a Christian bookstore once, but didn't really think a lot of it. Right. And definitely did not associate it with Willie Ames, since I thought he was a baseball player anyway. So, <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, did you know, and I, yeah, I, I, I can't believe I didn't mention this last week, but did you know that Buddy from Charles in Charge is Bible Man? Oh, you're asking up. me. I'm I thought I you. thought
1: you were asking the podcast. No, I'm at asking large. you. Oh, okay. Um, yes, because you told me in the,
0: at some point in the past. Okay. It's, yeah,
1: like years ago. Correct. <laughs> right. Okay. I, it, yeah. <laughs> like anytime Charles in charge, we, the song comes on or the subject comes up, you give me that little factoid. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: So Connor is basically directly saying what I only danced around last week, and that is when we were talking about the fact that Willie Ames does these little phone call drop dialogue things in Charles in Charge, telling you to check out this guitar solo and, hey, Charles, check this out, this is fat. I said someone at Goatee probably contacted him, knowing in the back of my mind he was a Christian actor. In the, you know, in the sense that, well, I mean, like, Scott Bayo is also, like, big right-wing religious political guy as well and they're actually have they've been best friends or are best friends for real in real life but willie ames doesn't like willie ames doesn't have a contra- controversy section on his wikipedia page you know what i mean like willie ames is that a real section oh yeah it is a real. For, well for lots of people like you just go to someone's <laughs> wikipedia page and you see if they have a, a header underneath that says controversy and they'll list out their controversy
1: the sadie hawkins pod wikipedia has a really long controversy page <laughs> it sure page. does
0: it sure does so, Williams just seems to, either he is a nice nicer Christian, or he just keeps his nose clean and doesn't, like, go out on the attack of people the way that a Scott Bayo does. Right. So, yeah, I he assumed, was Bible man. And, and
1: I shouldn't have, clearly, but I assumed that Scott Bayo was Catholic because it's like he's always wearing a gold cross necklace, but it looks like it's the kind which has the, the Jesus on a cross, which I feel like right. is usually associated with, more with Catholicism right. than... Uh, Protestant yeah
0: I don't know I don't know I don't know their specific denomination or church affiliations or whatever but yeah Willie Ames big name in the like mainline Christian entertainment world and when I was saying goat someone at Goatee must have contacted them I knew because they because Goatee is in Christian bookstores Bible Man videos are in Christian bookstores I'm sure it's a relatively small. World on that side of you know Christian media and stuff, so that's kind of what I was hinting at
1: you're saying everybody in the Christian bookstore knows each other
0: I meant like the christian media yes, everyone at the Christian like, yes, everyone at the Christian bookstore knows each it's a place where everybody knows your name,
4: like cheers um it was williams kind of brainchild thing, and like he was the star of Bible man um I'm going to send you the intro like a YouTube link to the intro because it was essentially Willie Ames putting on the full armor of God and fighting Luxor Spondroth, who was like a sub in for Satan and all and the different sins that Satan used in each episode. And he fought the devil with a lightsaber. Like a yellow lightsaber.
0: Yeah, like what they actually use like lightsabers in the show and the are footage... watching
1: this on Patreon. <laughs> okay, <laughs> We're on Patreon, this is gonna be a thing. The
0: clip that I <laughs> the clip I put in my notes for last week that we never got to was behind the scenes, like like the making of from one of the DVDs or is something. Is
1: intentional.
0: And Willie Ames says in this behind the scenes documentary, the lightsabers represent the light of God. <laughs> it's not like they say the light swords or. The space swords, he says. The lightsabers represent oh, the light of if, God. If, like
1: if Lucasfilm didn't come for him, now Disney sure as heck will. You
0: remember, in, you know, in a uh, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, when Chris Rock is like, uh, "George Lucas is going to sue somebody because they suddenly have lightsabers."
1: Yeah, yes.
0: I assume someone must have edited those clips together. Bible man using a lightsaber, and then it cuts to Chris Rock <laughs> as the director <laughs> of the. What was it a, a black man and chronic movie and he's like someone's going to get George Lucas is going to sue somebody Remember that?
1: Yes Vaguely. It took me a minute.
0: Kevin Smith, another Christian filmmaker. (laughs) Because he's he's Catholic.
1: Back on the subject of true crime, if I ever, now it's on the record, if I ever do happen to disappear, it's absolutely not intentional. Because I'm so ADHD Mm -hmm. that I don't retain anything but maybe two sentences of anything that I watch or, like, listen to. So... (laughs) I would not have the ability to plan my own disappearance, is what I'm saying, because it took you talking for a few minutes to jog my memory that that was a scene in (laughs) Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which I've seen no less than four times. Exactly.
0: Jessica needs me to come outside and help her park in our garage sometimes. Like, I don't... What's what the matter? Does,
1: what does that have to do with, with anything? And now saying, you're just gonna insult my my parking ability. No,
0: I'm saying, like, you're gonna go off and disappear by yourself. <laughs> Who's gonna park the car for you?
1: Well, first of all, I was I would run off to somewhere where it wasn't like the tiniest stupid LA spot possible when you're trying to pull in with two cars right next to you parking on the line.
2: Mm-hmm. <sighs>
0: I don't want this episode to be played in court someday.
1: (laughs) I don't either. I don't want to disappear. (laughs) Look at what you did, Connor Daddy.
4: (laughs) Why why are you always stirring up trouble, Connor? I was in this crazy, like, weird-looking Armor of God superhero armor stuff. And I cannot believe that it didn't come up. I'm so. I really hope I'm the first person to enlighten you to the existence of Bible Man, because I think you will both freak out about it. Maybe that's just me. It's incredible. It's it's the cheesiest thing on the face of the planet, and it's amazing. Um, I hope that the existence of Bible Man, and I just hope that it can brighten your day somehow a little bit, because it is. Cool oh boy. Just look up the Prince of Pride song. The Prince of Pride. Sung by Luxor Spondroff in that episode. It's amazing. Um yeah. That's all. Hopefully this turns into some fun conversation because it's incredible. Anyway, I'll talk to you you two later. Love the show. Love everything you guys are doing. Love you guys. Bye.
1: I thought Jeffree Starr was the Prince of Pride.
4: It was Jeffrey Star.
0: I
1: don't know some YouTuber. I actually don't know their gender. I was so. going to say I
0: ran it. I ran into the Prince of Pride in West Hollywood once. He's a really <laughs> nice guy.
1: <laughs> exactly. Hold on, Prince of
0: Pride. I'm Bible Danny. Man.
1: I'm I'm you know I'm keeping up with the kids. I'm I'm trying to connect with our Gen Z audience.
0: <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you for having that initiative. So, so to, to Connor's answer, I, we had both heard of Bible Man, but we've never watched it. So, it sounds like something that's absolutely up our alley that we need to watch. There's a lot of, like, Christian thing. I mean, this kind of came up with, like, uh, uh, Salty the Singing Song book. Like, I was only vaguely familiar with that character. I mean, that is an early... Christian character that a lot of kids probably my age wouldn't even necessarily be familiar with, but like, there's a lot of Christian because my parents never forced Christian media on me. So yeah. any Christian media I went to, I went to on of my own volition, like Veggie Tales and like uh, the o- Omega Code movies.
1: And uh, outside of Christian, <laughs> I did Mingle, not like Left Behind. Though what I I'm gonna get to that in a minute. Outside of Christian Mingle, we don't seek out bad. <sighs> Uh, Christian entertainment because well, there was a there was a very unfortunate incident with the Left Behind series where I got very fiery and we watched that we
0: watched the Nick Cage left Behind I'd seen the first two Left Behind movies years and years ago just as just to see them. And then we watched the Nick Cage one with Jessica and some friends when it was new. And they have a scene in there where someone gets raptured, and their dog is still there.
1: you left behind (laughs) you don't know anything dogs dogs are can't all dogs go
0: to heaven all dogs
1: go to heaven they are beings of pure light and love they are absolute. they are they are angels (laughs) they are the real
0: lightsabers of love and then after all of the the
1: animals should have disappeared and gone and been raptured (laughs) i call bullshit.
0: after we finished the nick cage left behind we just fast forwarded through the original one And that exact same scene was in there. And Jessica's like, that's it!
1: That's it!
0: Jessica was so upset. We weren't even watching that movie. And she just was so upset.
1: So we're a little concerned to try and go after, you know, biblical, bad, biblical entertainment.
0: Because it could be triggering. I'm sure Bible Man (laughs) would be fun. Well, yeah.
1: Actually, uh, you never know.
0: yeah. The, oh there's another series of so the omega code movies are like okay and they're interesting but then there's another series of uh, rapture tribulation right, movies. i was just about
1: to ask what the omega code was
0: the omega code was two movies it kind of tied into this whole bible code thing of like numerology and the bible and dissecting the original text and there's numbers because Hebrew is that what the da vinci is code is numbers. about I think that there was all this general stuff in sort of the late 90s, early 2000s about how there's secret mathematical codes hidden in the Bible and similar ancient texts and stuff. So there was a lot of like fiction being written around that concept at the time. Omega Code 2 is pretty fun. It's got basil exposition from... <laughs> from uh from the austin powers movies what's his name michael york it's got michael york in it he's i think he's the antichrist in that one so the omega code 2 is pretty good but then there's this other series of four movies that i don't know what the series is called but they're they each have a different name one's like tribulation one's like judgment one is like apocalypse and then i think i'm getting these right and then the other is revelation i think i got all four right the fourth one is infamous because it's got Mr. T in it. What? And it's post, tri- it's like post, you know, it's in the, tri- it's during the tribulation. All the Christians are gone. And just the, the people who are left on, left behind, it's that situation. And some of them have come to Christ since everyone went up to heaven. Meanwhile, there's an antichrist and whatever. And then they like put God on trial. <laughs> like in this society, they put quote unquote God on trial. And Mr. T is in the movie for some reason. Is he God? No, <laughs> I don't know. I never
1: that would have been genius.
0: <laughs> I never watched this one, but I did watch the middle two, and I think the one that was called uh, I just said all the names, but another one had Gary Busey, and was it Gary Sinise? <laughs> <laughs> and that one was okay as a movie. It was I don't remember any specific issues in it. I don't remember it feeling super religious, other than the fact that it's set post-rapture. And yeah, they're just like hiding out in a cabin from society because they're hunting down the Christians or something like that. But then there's there's the second one that our church actually took us to see in the theater. This is building something, I swear. They took us to see it in the theater. And this one is just generally about like, they kind of know these group of friends kind of know the antichrist or something i don't know and then eventually the antichrist like puts his plan into action and you shake my hand or whatever i give you the mark of the devil and now not only like when you take the mark of the devil during the tribulation time it's not just like now satan has a hold of your soul or whatever it's like they turn into wacky villains and they're gonna get you which is and like i not was really hoping the that
1: they would like turn into like metal heads and they'd be like <laughs> they awesome they'd be like
0: but then one of them, one of the like n- normal nice characters in the movie, who takes the mark of the devil and turns into a wacky evil Jim Carrey style villain, <laughs> but evil. They shoot a dog <gasps> in the movie, and I'm like, "We're here from Christian nope. school. There's I'm children not okay in this with movie." It. Nope. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> but it was so funny. I'm like, oh, I'm like I'm 16 or something, and I'm like, all these kids are now scarred. <laughs> this is awful that's horrific but also hilarious not hilarious not actually funny what happened to those kids it was just funny that it's like oh well it's a christian movie so we can go and we can take them or whatever like i'm sure a whole generation of kids were also scarred by going to see passion of the christ like kids who had never seen that kind of gore but it's like oh this is gore with a purpose whatever but (laughs) i won't make you gore with
1: a purpose is my favorite metal album
0: (laughs) it is that's my favorite metal album too um, man, that would definitely sound like a name of a Christian death metal album. Gore with a purpose.
1: <laughs> yeah, 100%.
0: Yeah, that's a- after uh, after Al Gore lost the presidential election. He was like, he was like, I need to figure out how to be Gore with a purpose again. <laughs> <laughs> and then he figured out about climate change. And oh, I thought like, you were going to
1: say how to make the internet. Right, well, he, he'd already done that
0: before. Once he'd already conquered creating the internet and he'd already run for president and you know, lost or had the election taken from him. After that, he's like, how do I become gore with a purpose? And he's like, uh, 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 climate change. And then an inconvenient truth. That's the origin of that movie. So we have one more voicemail <laughs> just to keep caught up. And this goes back to last week's episode as well. And it's only a minute, or two minutes long.
5: Hey guys, good morning. Um, it's Lindy, and I wanted to call because i know you guys are updated or up to date on all my voicemails but i am right now listening to charles in charge and wow what a dumpster fire
0: (laughs) whoa what what does she mean does she mean our episode was a dumpster fire or charles in charge is a dumpster fire i mean
1: it kind of was a dumpster (laughs) fire of an episode but to just call us out like that
0: let's find out what she thinks of the dumpster fire
5: I mean, Reliant K, like, great job, but, gosh, the background of it, like, knowing now what we didn't know, whew, wow, um, I wanted to, I I haven't listened to the whole thing right now, but where I'm at right now, I figured I should just call because it was in my brain, um, when I first heard the song, I did not even know that Charles in Charge was a show, I think I was just too young to know that. Um and so I was like, Oh, what a fun song. It's cute. I wonder if this Charles guy is supposed to represent Jesus because it was like, you know, Charles in charge of my days and my nights. So it was like, Oh yeah, like Jesus is my like he's my driver and I'm his co pilot, that kind of thing. So hmm, yeah, not exactly what it means, but that's what I thought. So let me know if anybody thought the same.
1: Bye! But Jesus is also in the song, so how could Charles be Jesus?
0: That would be funny if, like, I just imagine that as a little scene. I imagine... Lindy's interpretation of the song is a little scene where she meets Charles and she's like, oh, that's Charles. I'm pretty sure he's Jesus. He's Jesus in disguise as this guy named Charles that Reliant K wrote about. And then she hanging out with Charles, treating him like Jesus the whole time. And it's just a hilarious sitcom misunderstanding. Then they go to the pizza parlor and Jesus walks in and she's like, what?
2: (laughs) But I thought you
0: were, what? You're doing the buddy Christ hands. (laughs) Speaking of Kevin Smith. So, yeah, I mean, Charles in Charge, we didn't get a ton of feedback from that. I don't know. It's, it was, oh, uh, but yeah, I didn't think about that. I have definitely, I've said that in the past about other topics in Relying K songs where I'm like, do people even know necessarily that this is a reference to something, you know? Mm -hmm. So it somehow didn't cross my mind that people wouldn't know what Charles in Charge was. But then again, in the episode, I do mention that like it eventually left regular television, it was constantly on like daytime network TV all the
1: time. And then it was syndicated
0: primetime.
1: Yeah, I had never seen it prior to when you and I sat down and watched it. And I think the only reason why I knew it was a show is because uh, one of the first times I listened to the Reliant K album was in the car with my mom. And she's like, oh, I remember that show. Okay,
0: yeah. And th- there's a lot of shows that were just totally ubiquitous on television when I mean now, like a lot of these shows are still technically on television, but they're on these like channels like MeTV, T V and Click TV, and Fun TV, yeah. and like these <laughs> pay rent, yeah. digital only,
1: exactly. channels <laughs> that
0: are either only streaming or only found on like air TV, like actual free TV with an antenna in this new digital which still exists, but it's all like digital airwave television now.
1: When we were in Florida, I took my mom to the dermatologist and they were playing me TV, and right. they were playing Dennis, an episode of Dennis the Menace and my mom was like delighted. Right.
0: <laughs> See, because what those channels are doing now is what television used to do for us in the 80s and the 90s is there wasn't really enough content produced by all of these television networks as the number of channels was growing quickly with cable and everything. They needed to fill in time because they like literally hadn't created... like the Disney Channel hadn't created enough content yet, so they would play old Disney cartoons. Now I feel like you would never see an old Disney cartoon on the Disney Channel unless it's like some sort of weird interstitial that's been mm-hmm. like edited up in a special way because the Disney Channel has so much content, they have so much new content, and they have so much like relatively older content like ten or twenty years. But when we were kids in the '80s, all these shows, all these. When I was a kid in the eighties, Jessica Sugar. When I was a kid in the eighties and nineties, and you were a kid in the nineties, you would still see old television shows on TV all the time, filling in the blank space. Especially if you were a kid like me, who was just home watching TV all the time, you would see all these old shows. Even in the nineties, there are multiple situations. Like I remember on The Simpsons and on the show The Critic, where the joke was young kids have already forgotten who Johnny Carson was because he left he left late night tv in like 91 or 92 or something right mm-hmm. and i had never seen i was actually also too young to see johnny carson at 11:30 at night but i knew who he was because i watched so much tv that i <laughs> would see the clips and, and the references yeah. and like the special about the greatest johnny carson moments. so i was a kid who wasn't supposed to know who johnny carson was anymore but i still did because i'm old <laughs> And I'm back to school. So
1: my grandma used to watch the Golden Girls all the time. She loved Golden Girls and Designing Women. And I remember being like the tiniest little kid ever and Golden Girls being on at her house and then being all the way up in like 2004 in high school. And Golden Girls was still on when I'd go over to her yeah. house. And I was always like, how many episodes of the Golden Girls are
0: there? <laughs> I feel like certain shows, certain classic television shows only live in the minds of young people today under certain circumstances. If it's on Netflix, if the memes are, you know, right. Th- th- right. And something like the Golden Girls and the merchandising is out there and it kind of puts in the consciousness. But the idea that, like, young, younger kids, younger generation are just going to learn about the existence of certain media properties or shows simply by flipping the channel doesn't happen because so many people at home aren't just sitting there flipping the channel. They're going through Plus, there's such a flood of content now. Like, yeah. there's
1: no way to ever... You know for further generations to ever know all that like the early stuff that existed and... right
0: which is a shame because classics like charles in charge or... <laughs> oh, never mind forget that <laughs> so this week we are talking about when i go down the closing track from Mmm. of course not counting Mmm. 10 it is the closing track from the album mm-hmm. and we have a special guest on this episode yeah. zeke power who was an Australian The Voice finalist. And we discovered him when we started doing this podcast because he has all of these Relying K covers on his YouTube channel. And then, like, we'll talk about it in the interview, but basically it seems like he was on The Voice while we started the podcast. <laughs> so we started learning, we started seeing his covers, and then I was like, oh, he's on The Voice. But he was on The Voice at the time, and we couldn't see it because it's, it's down there. I point to Australia down it's, there. I was gonna
1: say but it's on our, on our kitchen over floor over there.
0: He's trying to be cute down under. Okay, oh, don't worry, Denny does not show up. But our the big revelation was that he has Why listened to Denny the show. didn't Denny
1: do the opening?
0: Oh no! <laughs> so the thing is, Zeke does mention in the interview that he's listened to the show, and it was after the call after after the the Zoom call. Is like. That means he's probably heard me try to do dinny's voice <laughs> do, heard me do Denny before <laughs> so anyway looking forward to that so this is a song that our guest picked the song as well because we knew this is the week we'd, we'd be able to have him on and i asked him you know go ahead and pick a song from what we have left so this is honestly like a song that i didn't really play a lot because when i would get this late in the album i would go back and kick it off back again Same. at track one. Especially with, you know, Failure 2 is the track right before this one. Uh, as things are kind of getting, like, dramatic. And not, you know, Failure 2 is not a slow song. Like, this one is in parts. But it's still, like, oh, I just want to kick things back off. So by the time I would get this late in the CD, I'd go back to uh, the one I'm waiting for. Like, so I would just never get through this song all the way. And it's really a shame because I think this is a great song. I And I definitely heard it. Because there are times in my life where I listened to, I like put them on and I'm like, I'm going to still listen to it beginning to end. But I just like, this is not a song that I absorbed fully throughout the years. So really the most I've listened to it in the last 15 years was this last week.
1: Yeah, same. So what do you think of the song? <laughs> uh the music itself feels very worship Mm teamy i definitely feel like we are in church and i know that everybody loves the sleigh bells the sleigh bells become a big thing for reliant k right and i feel a little bit too much because of that worship teamy kind of aspect of the song right i feel like i'm listening to a christmas song by the time i get to the end right
0: Yeah, it's funny, this song is maybe one of the most churchy songs that I think Reliant K has ever written, but it still has its own identity that kind of disconnects it from what I would think of as fully churchy music. We just did a Patreon episode about Jack's Mannequin, or specifically the album People and Things has three songs that Matt Thiessen wrote. Uh, We co-hosted it with Alex from Zeitgeist Lab, Collections podcast, and I said to him, like, some of this Jack's Mannequins music, Jack's Mannequins, (laughs) Jack's Mannequin music, (laughs) Uh especially like I mean, it's all piano based, but Jack has
1: more than one mannequin, is what you're telling me.
0: It's like Alien and Aliens, yeah. Yeah. The the sequel, he's gonna get Jack's Mannequin back together, but it's gonna be called Jack's Mannequins, gotcha. So, anyway, (laughs) that was dumb. So, anyway. I was telling Alex in that episode, which you can go to patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod if you want to listen to it, that some of the piano on People and Things sounds more like church than any Relying K song. Yeah. Honestly. But like legitimately, like if you took out the lyrics about like going to a drug deal with your with your best gal and stuff, the kind of lyrics that are on that album. If you just took those instrumentals, like you could play them at church and no one would bat an eye. This has still this sort of Reliant K thing that makes it unique in such a way that it would be a standout played in a worship set. And I feel that about a lot of Reliant K's most worshipy songs, like some of the songs on three lefts and maybe Never Under My... Never, which is not called Never Underestimate My Jesus, (sighs) but other than that song, which is maybe also the most churchy straight ahead worship song anything else Reliant K has ever done that contains elements of worship it's just that elements of worship it always feels like a Reliant K song first injected with some of the DNA and attributes of worship songs yeah this feels like it is leaning heavier towards a percentage where it's more worship than Reliant K it's it's getting towards more worship than Reliant K but it still feels like more Reliant K than worship and I feel like if a modern worship band did this it would stand out maybe it's something about the song structure as well and i don't just mean how like the first four minutes is sort of one thing but it's kind of a dour it's like a mine it starts off with a minor key it builds towards something dramatic in a major key those sleigh bells come in that all seems like maybe there's a lot of churches nowadays that would do something that big and dramatic and theatrical but that is still a theatricality that I wouldn't directly attribute to worship music, especially that meme I talked about recently that said, I have a joke about modern worship music. I have a joke about modern right. worship music. <laughs> I have a joke about modern worship music. Like modern worship music is really has to be built on those repetitions. And this song doesn't have those same kind of repetitions to me. It seems to like change up and take you on a little bit of a roller coaster at different points that, like, sort of mainline worship music wouldn't necessarily do so this still has a big dramatic theatrical unique structure to me that keeps it apart from that concept of worship of of straight ahead worship
1: yeah so lyrically we and also musically we have theatrical teasen right and then lyrically we have Bad Friend Teeson. Yeah. And I didn't really realize it because much like you, I didn't listen to this song a lot previously. So as I was going through the lyrics, I realized that like every song on Mm Mm-hmm has the same message vibe. I messed up. Made my friends mad. Apologize. Please forgive me. P.S. I'm totally going to do it again. And Forget and Not Slow Down is exactly the same where every song is about ruining relationship and wanting to get back. But these albums are just so good that we let it slide. Like a lesser band, a lesser songwriter, like you would not let that slide where you're like, man, this is so repetitive. Mm -hmm. The message is so consistently repetitive and it's almost going through the lyrics. It's almost becoming painful when we go through the Bad Friend Teeson songs, because I'm just like, yeah. dude, either get it or don't. <laughs> Sorry. But like,
0: like, I, I totally can't. get what you're saying.
1: <laughs> like, either either fix yourself or don't, and don't keep involving us in it. Like, we get it. <laughs> but it's a detriment. It was fun the first 20 times, right. but the last 80, it just got a little monotonous. But it's
0: yeah, I know I totally get what you're saying because really it's the detriment of this format in which we're going through the songs like it's not something you would maybe necessarily notice when you're just listening to Reliant K right even if it's all you listen to you're not necessary but the fact that we are you know we're not writing them down, but we are kind of like somewhat categorizing these songs as we go through, because we're finding these same themes. So we find all of these Bad Friends Teeson songs. And we're like, oh, there are so many of these that, yeah, it ends up feeling like it's a little too much. It reminds me of when you did a a watch through of The Wonder Years. Because The Wonder Years, and this actually goes to what I was talking about television before. The Wonder Years is a show that was meant in a time where you couldn't watch every episode of a show back-to-back-to-back. Like, the production... I don't know what it was, but apparently when you go watch streaming uh, Wonder Years in order now, in a binge watch, like, Kevin's character, like learns but then unlearns in the next episode and he's with Winnie and then he's not with Winnie and then he's with Winnie again and he's not with Winnie and I'm sure it had something to do with the production order like they were probably producing the order the episodes or at least writing them in one certain way but because television was in such a format that like well these are going to get played on reruns ad nauseum, and it's basically like you jump into the story at any point it doesn't matter you're not No one's ever going to watch. They were thinking no one's ever going to watch The Wonder Years from beginning to end, right? So they didn't worry about those inconsistencies of Kevin's character episode to episode. So Jessica was getting really frustrated.
1: It's like The Simpsons, but not funny. And he does get older. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Like every episode, the status quo sort of resets no matter what he learned in a previous episode. I mean, seasons by season, he grows as a character, but not episode by episode as you want. No, like, so- he doesn't
1: really grow as a character throughout his entire arc. <laughs>
0: That's true, I guess. I didn't re- I didn't do the full rewatch, but I... wonder was if like,
1: when I was watching it, I was like, he does not deserve Winnie. Like, when they, spoiler <laughs> warning, don't end up together in the end, I'm like... Oh, you finished the great. whole show? Yeah, I watched the whole show. Oh, nice, I'm like, okay. that makes total sense, because you know what? She can do way better than him. He's like... Not the best
0: dude. <laughs> I, I, and some people might be shocked to hear this. I was a little shocked to hear it, but then I accepted it because, like, I'm like, you know, it's television, it's network television. Like, what do you expect? It's not like it's not HBO, which isn't television, it's HBO. It's like they were just writing these shows expecting you to just watch
1: them one by one. That's a very like old man slogan right there. <laughs> it's like I don't completely know what you're talking about, but I get it. <laughs> so
0: um yeah, so I, I get it. Yeah, it is it does get a little frustrating. It's like so many songs about fing up with Your relationships with your friends and your parents and your girlfriend and all this stuff and it's like with
1: god with with
0: god everyone it's like we just want to see you grow and then like you do get those those songs that we have found those sort of turnaround songs like god and uh i feel like really like um oh the
1: the lining is silver and um but there's not enough it's mainly air for free and air Man, for free like you get a lot of that in air for free where you're like oh my gosh i feel like i've finally seen him grow but to be honest like if we get another album and it's more of an mm-hmm message and it's less of a air for free message i'm gonna be like oh we're just <laughs> we're back to square one again dude like yeah. like you had the growth keep growing. Like I just
0: And it is an important message and I know and I don't think to say this is like saying like you can't enjoy these message this message in these songs. It's just like so many songs on this topic. And No, cuz yeah, as as a teenager, we, yeah.
1: this totally connected with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like my favorite album and it absolutely every song really touched me and connected with me. Right. And you know, I'll listen back to it during different parts of my life where I'm like, "Oh my gosh, again this really touches me and i it really speaks to me but when right. you go through like we do every week it starts to become like a right and it's like so many songs and it does
0: every one of these songs always has that optimism in it and i think that optimism in this song is literally represented by the like the sleigh bells and the turn from the minor key transition about four and a half minutes in to the heavier guitar and the sleigh bells and the nicer melody so it's like this emotion that i'm talking about. It's, represented in not just in the lyrics but in the music but yeah still it's like he's it's always that hope that like i'll get out of this and i'll be better and i'll be a better friend and stuff but it's like it's like he sh- he should have written a few songs to counteract him just to, in hindsight of like like uh, uh thanks for loving me and i'm not going to beat myself up <laughs> yeah
2: exactly thank, thank you
0: friend family member <laughs> for always loving me despite my flaws and i love you despite your flaws And I'm so glad we have each other. There should have been a song like that. Now, I'm not Matt Tyson. I'm not going to write the song. If he wants to take what I just said verbatim and write a song off of those lyrics, go
1: ahead. They're yours. Now, I'm in this episode, and this is the first episode where I've done this, I'm giving him a hard time for coming back to the same message. But when he completely diverted from the formula and from the message with collapsible lung, I'm like, no, forget all of this.
0: (laughs) Well, Collapse of a Lung is almost like an episode of a show, like when you're getting, like, you're like, oh boy, I can't wait to see how the, maybe there's a cliffhanger, like you're watching a show like Lost on a big cliffhanger, right? from one episode and you're like, I can't wait to see how this resolves. And then the episode starts and it's like a full flashback episode to something before that we're going to set up before we get back to that cliffhanger next week.
2: You're like, no. <laughs> so you <laughs> collapse of a
0: lung comes out and you're like, no, I wanted to see. Yeah. And it's so funny because it's like, you know, I, I'm approximating Matt Tyson, a human being to a to fictional characters on a show, but he does lay him, his, his emotions and his feelings out in this way so you want to you're hoping you know as, as you're growing as a person listening to this music and being touched by this art I'm sure you're also hoping to, to sort of hear the similar growth and along with yourself just like how you know kids grow up with Harry Potter as they read the books they're the same age as the characters yeah. and different things similar to that you want to have that same connection through the music throughout the years so it, you know we only, we don't really finally get those next steps of growth only a little bit on burn the b-sides and on forget not slow down but then really not until 2016
1: yeah so it's another song with lyrics about a heavy heart right yeah heavy hearts a common a very lyrical common, phrase yeah. in, in this whole album i think yeah yeah
0: and there's also a reference to fallen man which made me think of the song fallen man and hope for every fallen man from a uh, from "Burden" the B-Sides and from the uh, single for Must Have Done Something Right. The rock version is on Must Have Done Something Right. So I was like partially wondering, because this song also definitely feels like a step towards writing Deathbed, right? Mm-hmm. This also, and I feel like we've mentioned a couple of, maybe uh, Am I Understood or a couple other songs that feel like they were stepping stones to writing Deathbed, to kind of being able to accomplish that as a songwriter. There's these other songs that like are over five or six minutes that have multiple sort of movements and parts. This song and build is something. so
1: long. It's so, <laughs> long. it's probably another reason why I've probably never listened to the entire thing all the way through until doing my research to, yeah. this week, because I probably, I have a very short attention span. I was probably like, Oh, I'm done with this one. Let's go on to the next song. Yeah, now.
0: I totally get or it. back
1: to the beginning.
0: Yeah. Cause I, I don't th- I think I was exactly the same way why I probably didn't listen to this song all the time. I'm like, Oh, it's this song. It's nice. It's six minutes. Let's go back to the beginning of the album and kick it off again. But then getting into it and I like I listened to this song back to back to back to back to back all throughout the week and like that once you once you understand what to kind of expect and you're waiting for those changes and you're living in this song, the runtime doesn't almost doesn't feel long enough. However, I think maybe this song could have benefited in a way to like uh, maybe touch more people. If you could cut out about a minute before that sleigh bell, that heavy rock change up, that comes about four minutes in. If you could somehow cut a... Because that first four and a half minutes is really of one singular sort of musical cadence. And then things change up a lot for the last two minutes. That there is feel- also a
1: common theme Yeah. on this album, in, in fact.
0: Right. So I feel like if you, you, there, there's somewhere you could cut a minute out of the song in the first four minutes. And you could have a good radio edit, a good radio edit, but I wouldn't want to necessarily also replace the six and a half minute version. I'm just saying you could have cut this down, which is true because I think the six minute running time is daunting for people because in a lot of the covers and fan videos I found this week, people kind of give up on trying to do the whole cover. They only do like a minute version of it or only a three minute version of it. They cut out sections or they skip directly to other sections. So I think that proves that it's kind of maybe a lot to delve into. And it's it's funny because, like, Deathbed, like, we still haven't really done our proper Deathbed episode. But when I did the Deathbed episode with all the listeners, like, yeah, I listened to the song a bunch, but it's so long that, like, even as you're building ideas from the song, like, you have to listen to it again and again and again and again. And it being so long, like, you're forgetting ideas and thoughts you have about the song if you want to bring it into this format of a podcast. So after having those conversations and listening to it more listening to deathbed more over the last year i'm like i have so much more to say about deathbed that i didn't get to say in that episode so i was like this is another long song i need to like listen to this song consistently and get it in my core and really feel this song i don't want to leave it behind like i kind of had to do with our first deathbed episode so and this is a little easier than trying to do that with deathbed because there aren't a lot of big changes so you do only have a couple of Different musical kind of feelings to grapple with, and then it's not as heavy and confrontational a concept as here's this character's literal death and all that stuff. This is really just about this isn't this is a much lighter subject matter than the you know deathbed overall.
1: But there's still a lot going on with lyrically. And, like, definite messages there that it, it felt really daunting when I sat down with the lyrics and I was like, I feel like I want to give this more, like, thought than I feel I have the ability <laughs> to at this moment. Right. Like, every time I sat down to look at them, I was like, okay, I really just need to dive into this. And every time it just felt like it was like, oh... This is a thing and maybe I want to say something and this has a thing and maybe I want to say something else about that. And my like main note that I had about the lyrics is just from that first verse where I wrote, hmm, can't dictate your own moods. Maybe you should wear a mood ring, Matt Thiessen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. That's good. Well, just going into that first section of the lyrics, I'll tell you flat out, it hurts so much to think of this. So far from thoughts, I will exclude the very thing that I hate more than everything is the way I feel powerless to dictate my own moods. That line, the 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 very thing I hate more than everything, like that feeling when you just hate everything. You know what I mean? Like you just can't handle life. It's just too much. And like the last year and a half, like in life, like what's you know everyone should understand that concept now post pandemic. But like if when you're just mentally not feeling right. And you just feel like everything's against you and you just kind of hate everything. You know what I mean? And that's such that's such a, it's like simultaneously a beautiful and a fun and a funny and a poignant lyric to say the one thing I hate more than everything is not being able to control, excuse me, not to being able to control my hiccups Goodness. and not being able to control my moods. But maybe if you weren't so against prescription drugs, maybe if you weren't like, oh, look yeah. what good that did, yeah. it could help you control your moods. Facts i've thrown away so many things that could have been much more and i just pray my problems will go away if they're ignored but that's not the way it works that's not the way it works and yeah that's also another thing like not just the bad friend subject but the idea of like i've got problems and i just want to ignore them you know what i mean mm-hmm. that comes up a couple times in reliant k not as much but once in a while and i feel like that's a thing that comes up with all our lives we just want to ignore problems and just hope they go away and problems don't really go away we just kind of like if if we ignore a problem we just kind of accept we just kind of accept them over time you know what I mean it's mm-hmm. just like this is still a problem but it's not as much a problem anymore right <laughs> you know what I mean like maybe for me Sometimes, like, some of my anxieties as a kid, like, I just, like, learned to deal with them better. Like, those anxieties might still be there, but then I also have new context as an adult. And I'm like, well, that's not really an anxiety for me anymore. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's not necessarily the problem going away. There actually was growth there that helped me deal with it. But it's so small and slow and subtle that it didn't feel like work to get better on that anxiety. It feels like it just went away with time. But really, it's not. There's, it's, you know, if problems go away something happened Is you maybe you didn't see it maybe you didn't notice it you have that bump under your car and you're like what is that what is that i don't want to deal with it i don't want to take it to the shop i just want it to go away and then that bump eventually goes away because that hitchhiker that you ran over <laughs> finally let go <laughs> so many lyrics i've thrown away i'm i skipped here a little bit i've thrown away the hope i had in friendships. I've thrown away so many things that could have been much more. I've thrown away the secret to find an end to this, and I just pray my problems will go away if they're ignored. But that's not the. I skipped to the. I skipped to. Literally- to the- I'm not on genius, so I don't know what's a chorus, what's a verse, and what's a pre chorus. Oh,
1: here I have it pulled up if you want to look at my phone.
0: Here we go. Now I got it. I was just on Google Lyric Find. Thank you. Okay. Um, any control... Bridge one. Bridge one. Because this is when things get good. This is... We know, like, generally how that first form into the song goes. But things start to go good when he goes... Any control I thought I had just slips right through my hands... While an ever-present conscience shakes its head and reprimands me. Reprimands me. Then there, I confess. I'll blame all this on my selfishness. Yet you love me, and that consumes me. And I'll stand up, and I'll do so willingly. So...
1: Bless you, April. <laughs> Bless you.
0: So what, something I don't like here necessarily is, but it does also make sense, because it's not like that heavy. I mean, the song overall feels heavy, but this, this line is, any control I thought I had just slips right through my hands, while an ever-present conscience shakes its head and reprimands me. Okay, well, here he says his ever-present conscience shakes its head and reprimands me. So... You could interpret that knowing that this is a worship prayer-based song and knowing that Relying K is born again Christian, that that conscience is God, but I don't want to see it that way and I don't think it's meant to be that way because yes, like God, I, I think there's like a concept of maybe God being disappointed in you, but like when you lean on that too heavily, like, oh God hates me, why do you love me, God? I'm so, I'm such scum it starts to get too much into this self-flagellating thing, right? Yeah. When you start when you start when you start seeing God as being disappointed in you like too heavily, like there's some there's something partially understandable about the idea that like God expected more of you, but when you start seeing it as God is heavily disappointed in you and he says like And then you start imagining it's as if God is saying, "Ah, but I guess I'll love you. Like it's a burden. Like it's not God's burden. God loves you no matter what. And he forgives you every single time. And it's no sugar off his cake or whatever. (laughs) I don't have a good simile. It's not hard for God to forgive you because he is bigger and more powerful than you in every way. So the idea that God is shaking his head at you and reprimanding you is not what I like to imagine. I do think that there, I don't, Believe in the vengeful God, but the vengeful God is a very heavily conceived belief by many religions and throughout history. So I do think there is that side of God or that side of what we call God. But just the idea that, like, you mess up in a little way with a friend and he's reprimanding you, I don't see it that way. Here, Teeston says, My ever present conscience. So I think he's literally saying, He himself his conscience who is more critical of bad friend tyson than bad friend tyson <laughs> bad friend tyson is the conscience that is ever present and shaking his head and reprimanding him he's beating himself up for constantly failing his friends and his relationships even though h- here it says yet you love me capitalized you and i'm not going to go get the lyric book to see if the you really is capitalized i actually think the mm-hmm booklet is all capital letters Um, so it's about, so at this point, it's about him standing back up and getting back on his feet and handling the situation and not waiting for the problem to go away. You give me hope and hope it gives me life. You touch my heavy heart and you do, you make it light. As I exhale, I hear your voice and I answer you. Though I hardly make a noise and from my lips, those words can choose to say, seem pathetic, but it's a fallen man's praise. Cause I love you, I love you, God. Here, he's literally worshiping and praying. Like this is like the most prayer-based moment in a Reliant K song probably ever. And we didn't even touch on the basic core of the thing is when I go down, I go down hard. I'm skipping back a little. And I take everything I've learned and teach myself some disregard. When I go down, it hurts to hit the bottom and all the things that got me there, I think if only I had fought them. So this is a song about, I can, I know that this is just another Bad Friend Teeson song, but I feel like this one more than anyone, when you get to that last half of the song, it is more and more about, this song feels like, if if Teeson never wrote another Bad Friend Teeson song after this, I would think that this was the finale to that thread in his songwriting and his life. Yeah. At least in the life that he he permits to be shown to his fans through his music. Like, this feels like a finale. This feels like this could be a finale of that thread. Like, I've messed up again, and I'm going to stand up. And God, thank you so much for helping to control and put, put to put peace in my heart and to help control my life that's that control to my life
1: that hope that we always talk about at the end of like every Reliant K song is that even when you get into sort of the more like darker themes or anything like that there's always still this sense of hope at the end
0: and the one other thing I want to say is the part in there that he mentions about like the control he thought he had slips away we've touched on this before as well but I think that that's one of the things that that's one of the core principles of like human existence that every religion touches on and it's why every religion touches on it because it's fact that you can't have all the control in your life if you're a human being you will never have all the control that you sh- you know And we some of us should have it some of us who are like beaten down and victims We needed that, you know, you need that control for bad things that happen, but it just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in a world of chaos. So, religions sort of see that and they say, like, we can show you a better way to accept things and to feel that there is something in control of your life, right? So, I think that understanding that you will never fully be able to control your situation is a very healthy thing to accept and some people come to that and I have come to that in my life through a relationship with God and believing that there is a force bigger than you that when things seem like they're out of control they'll always be set right because there's something looking out for you so I think no matter how like um cynical I get or anyone gets about (laughs) Christian thought or something that's something I absolutely believe in is like you have to let go of control because the people who want the most control and never let go of it they become the villains they become the dictators they become the, the abusers like those are the people who the people who exert the most control in their lives and the people around them they are the villains they are the awful people who who you have to control it just yeah you get what i'm saying so anyway do you have any other notes in the song before we take our break
1: Uh, No, I think you put that really well.
0: Um, I will say that this title, aside from being a subject that comes up a lot, the words in this title also come up a lot. Forget and not slow down, down in flames. (laughs) And this is a title that kind of has that like Archer, Archer the character, the cartoon character saying (laughs) phrasing because it kind of accidentally is easy to come up with a dirty joke to this title.
1: You know what I'm saying? Yep. That was literally how Danny woke me up this morning, was with that joke.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I said I was like, and she's like, is that the bit for the episode? I'm like, no, we can't do that. (laughs) We can't say that in the opening. But phrasing, you know. Still, I don't think... It kind of stinks when, like, Urban Dictionary basically ruins, like, very... Like, language. It ruins language. Like, things that we have to say. Words that we have to use then become sexualized because of like urban dictionary culture. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone ponder that while we go take our break.
1: We want to thank you very much for listening to Sadie Hawkins pod. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Sadie Hawkins pod. From there, you can interact with us as well as view the videos and images we talk about on the show.
0: You can also call our voicemail line, which is four zero two nine five Sadie. That's 402-957-2343. Leave us a message and we can play it on a future episode.
1: Also, we invite you to check out SadieHawkinsPod.com, one simple place to get links to all our social media and a link to our Tee Public store.
0: There you can pick up merchandise, or merch as it's known in the industry. We have our Black Flag Parody shirt, our Little Sheet Boy Ice Cream shirt, and our all-new Boys from Canton Ampersand shirts that list the first names of every album lineup of Relying K.
1: And if you can't get enough of us, well, good news. At Patreon.com slash ShadyHawkinsPod, we are releasing at least two bonus episodes a month. You'll also have access to our whole backlog, including our discussion of Owl City's Ocean Eyes, reading through the Complex Infrastructure book, and the songs from K is for Karaoke.
0: Finally, we want to thank our current patrons, who include Daniel... Josh, Jr., Jarrett, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Helen, Samantha, Roxanne, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, David,
1: and Brady. We hope to see you there, and even if we don't, we hope that you will keep us in positive regard.
3: Aww. So you like Reliant K, do you? Well, what about They Might Be Giants? My name is Greg Simpson, and I host
6: a They Might Be Giants fan podcast, and it's called This Might Be a Podcast. This Might Be a Podcast is a song-by-song podcast featuring a different guest every episode from normal fans like you and I, but also... I've had guests such as John Darnielle of The Mountain Goats, Justin McElroy of My Brother, My Brother and Me, Hutch Harris of The Thermals, Mike Park of Asian Man Records, Franz Nikolai of The Hold Steady, and Danny Weinkoff and Marty Beller of They Might Be Giants, and past drummers Dan Hickey and Brian Doherty. Search for Punk News, or this might be a podcast, on any podcast platform and you will find us. This might be a podcast brought to you by PunkNews.org.
1: To As always, we have song meanings this week. Bo99 on November 12th, 2004 said, Nice worship song, but it drags out. Oh, is it our friend Bo? Oh, maybe. I had not thought about...
0: Mm, nice worship song, but it drags out. <laughs> That's my impression. Of
1: him. Sure. Don't tell
0: him I did that. He hates it when I do that.
1: Wise Wiz, January 10th, 2005 said... There's a word I'm trying to think of. I think it's wow. This song just goes to prove how far Reliant Kay and Matt Teeson's lyrics have gone in the last few years. Totally amazing. As far as the song meaning goes, though, I I think this is a song about rising from the ashes of an emotionally burnt out life. They've been living their life according to their own selfish desires and things seem to be going smoothly but soon they find that life's taking them nowhere but down. Really down. Really quickly. So quickly that before they even know it, they've hit rock bottom. It hurts, but the most painful thing is that they realize that they could have avoided all of this if they had just followed God. They just want all this to be over, but that's not the way it works. No, they've got to admit that they are wrong, and more importantly, to repent and submit to the will of God. And that's the beautiful part, because even though they've gone and messed things up completely and have hit rock bottom, all they have to do is look up and there's Jesus right next to them with open arms to lift them up again. Just my two cents. Yeah, I
0: mean, that's what it's about in the broadest sense. It's like they opened up some concepts. I feel like the the song itself is actually drilled down to specifically be about having a bad effect on your relationships with your family and friends specifically and then this this person broadened it to kind of all sin which is a perfectly reasonable way to kind of personally interpret the song but i don't agree that that you know yeah or, or maybe it is but just like how forget not slow down is specifically about the dissolution of that engagement that he had but when you listen to it it speaks to your personal tragedy so i i understand
1: Over on lyricinterpretations.com on April 19th, 2011, Anonymous said, I honestly think that this song could be either about a girl or about a struggle with God. Despite the last verse, I find that the guy could have either been dumped or recently rejected, and now he's trying to tell the girl how he feels, but he's very uncomfortable about it. On the godly side, however, it could be someone who messed up majorly in life and wants the forgiveness of that slash those sins. It could also be saying that even though he is committing a sin and he knows it, that he's getting deeper into the problem. That's my interpretation on it, at least.
0: That's interesting because that's my interpretation of Be My Escape. And I swear, Be My Escape doesn't have any absolute concrete proof that it is about God or it is about a relationship with a person. But I feel like this song that we're talking about this week has more concrete lyrics that say it's specifically about your relationship with God. So it's funny that they... Switch that from years before we did, I I ever thought that much about Be My Escape.
1: Over on Reddit's uh, r slash Reliant K, there's a thread where when I go down or let it all out, I've had this discussion many times with my friends that are RK fans, and I'm curious which one you all like better and why. OK216 said... I couldn't possibly decide. They both fit perfectly where they're placed in the album. I'm probably more likely to listen to when I go down on its own for what it's worth, just because Let It All Out flows out of which to bury, so I almost view them as one song. S. Murphy115 three years ago said, Up until about two years ago, I'd say let it all out. But then I rediscovered when I go down and that song just blows me away now. I can literally play it on repeat for an embarrassingly long time. It's so deep and has so many levels and is so intricate. Like I can listen to it three different times and pull three different things out of it. J.I.A. Snake responded to that comment with, This was my experience as well. When I Go Down was the last song I fell in love with on mm-hmm. Most of my friends always argue for Let It All Out. Future Roscoe responded to the thread with, my brain read this for a second as when I go out as in that Five Iron Frenzy bonus track song about getting hit by cars. I
0: was going to mention that so now I have to do that. (laughs) I had a whole little bit coming up where Uh I was going to, but now it's ruined. Um, I was going to do this thing where it was like, well here's the version that we all know and I was going to click this song. I was going to play this song.
1: Way to go Future Roscoe. That's the song. That's my favorite Beastie Boys album. So
0: I had this whole cute thing planned. I was like, well, here's the version. You know, I was going to do this thing and totally ruined. Thanks a lot.
1: That said, when I go down wins every song contest, it enters for me. That song means a ton to me. Then Blue Star Drummer responded, let it all out. Not even getting deep with the reasoning i just prefer the lyrics and like the tune slash melody slash overall sound of it and to be honest for some reason it took me a long time to even appreciate when i go down so there's that too lewis9323 said i had when i go down in my music first but actually a week ago i was listening to reliant k and let it all out was playing and i was amazed because it's such a great song and i couldn't believe i hadn't listened to it so yes let it all out for me
0: it's like when i go wait when i go out let it all out when i go down down it's like down so it's like this basically this uh question on this reddit post is like
1: are you down or are you out a little bit of column A, a little bit of column b Obi Wan three three zero one responded. I would have to say, "Let it all out." The song that it comes directly after gives it more depth, and I really like the vocalist. That switch off throughout. Dealers underscore of underscore fame says, "When I go down." What do you think, Dan?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I think I probably like this song more, but I I
1: I go let it all out. Yeah. Okay. Then we have a blog post about this song from disjointedthinking.jeffhughes.ca. This was posted on April 6, 2006, at 10:47 p.m. Relying K, when I go down. It's been a while since I've posted lyrics to any songs. It's always a pleasure when I find a song that really speaks to me. It's like finding an oasis in a desert. The words of the song refresh you and restore your spirits as you trudge through all the other songs with dry, dusty lyrics that mean nothing. I hate songs that mean nothing. I'd much rather that an artist keep a song to himself if the words mean nothing.
0: I hate that. <laughs> I really hate that. That's like one of my biggest pet peeves. Like, okay, I get it. If you don't, if you need a song to mean something, that's fine. But the idea that the, they shouldn't even release it unless it means something, I just hate that. Like, I'm like, there's literally trillions of songs. Not millions, not billions, not even trillions. There's Googleplex of songs in the world. Like, songs are not overall that hard to do it's not like a painting or a film where it takes a lot of effort yes writing a song can take a harsh no but you know what i'm saying like you can write a song in an hour you can write a song in a week you can write a song over a year but a song is an easier thing to do than a painting or a film or whatever well
1: to make it good
0: to make no to make it anything like if you're just good if you have you could
1: you could do a finger painting a bad finger painting in like yes, five no, minutes no you're
0: right no okay you meant to make a film you could shoot or a painting something
1: good. bad on your phone but you can write seconds. an
0: amazing song in 20 minutes you can write an amazing song over the course of a year but this idea that like don't even don't even release music unless it means something like that doesn't mean anything
1: well also who just knows release who could find meaning in it
0: yeah and who knows what the meaning is but i don't care if it's just like Like and the idea that like songs are just like vapid love songs and that means it's meaningless, like you don't know what that song means to someone. You don't know if they've gone through something horrible and they hear a bubblegum pop song and it somehow gives their light their life some sort of light. So the idea that it has to have some sort of lesson or some special deeper meaning or it's garbage, I hate that. I just hate that point of view, I like, can seriously, because here this person said, I need a song to mean something, or I wouldn't like it. Cool. But then they go the extra mile and say like, I mean, artists should just keep it to themselves. Like, no, that is the worst the most awful thing I've heard. Not that I've ever heard. That's hyperbole. But that is an awful way to look at other people expressing themselves. That is just an awful way to look at other people expressing themselves.
1: Also, they're talking about a band that put out Silly Shoes. <laughs> yeah, because what good is a song or any art for that matter if it doesn't communicate a message? It's just a nice thing that you every, play. Every but it does. Time.
0: Every literally everything communicates a message. I don't care. Like think of the w- most what seeming think every song and collapsible lung conveys a message. Everything conveys a message. This person thinks that th- like the message has to be of a certain value. This person is saying. The message that, like, don't tell me what you have to say unless I think it's of value. That is wrong, wrong, wrong to think that way. And this is, I'm sorry to, I don't normally impose, like when people have opinions, like even reviews, I try to leave uh, like a little bit of space for them. But no, this person's point of view is wrong, wrong, wrong headed. They are on the wrong side of history. You don't know what anyone's message is, what unless it speaks to you personally, or you understand it, or is what you're saying that you have to make sure the song lines up with your philosophical and theological views and that anything against it, if it challenges you in the wrong way, you think it then has no meaning.
1: I did not realize I was opening up a can of worms with
0: this one. But that's just so awful to say. Like, just imagine like you're just writing a song. You're just learning (laughs) to write a song and you write a song about I love watermelon. I love watermelon. And it's just like fun. And when you go up to someone who's just learned how to write music, it's like that song is garbage. And how dare you share it with anybody?
1: It's just a nice thing that you play every once in a while because it sounds good or hang up on your wall because it has pretty colors or whatever. Yeah, that's how art works.
0: No, that's how art works. Like if it's just pretty (laughs) colors, that's the message.
1: But there are plenty of pretty things. Look outside. At the flowers or the clouds in the sky and you'll find plenty of beautiful things And those things are impermanent and art can
0: be impermanent as well, but it's not expression. It's not the expression of someone's emotions
1: about them. That it's the mean expression something. of if you
0: believe in Christ, if you believe not Christ specifically, but if you believe in a divine creator, then yeah, that's God's creation but that's not personal expression and oh my God, this is like completely not this is completely a wrong way to look at art.
1: I know I've written stuff about nature because it stands testament to the power of its creator. He designed it and he created it for our pleasure. How wonderful our God is. Look at this rock.
0: This rock doesn't give me a message. I'm looking at this rock (laughs) and I'm like, it's just a bland, boring, round gray rock. You know what? God just should have kept this to himself. I don't need to look at this rock. He didn't put a special message in this rock.
1: (laughs) <laughs> but anyways, before I head upstairs and get into bed for Just go. hopefully Just go a bed. nice long sleep... <laughs> Let me leave you with the lyrics to this song. It's by Reliant K, who's just such an awesome band. Their new CD is amazing. It's full of songs with meaning, songs with more than just pretty pictures and cute catchphrases. But Reliant K loves pretty pictures and cute catchphrases. That's,
0: this is the most thing. It's a really saying. great
1: message of hope in spite of failure. So here it is when I go down and they post the lyrics. And then there are some comments, but I'm just... I'm just going to leave it there. And whether or
0: not... I I couldn't even tell from the writing if it has necessarily a Christian theological bent, but it doesn't even matter. Like, if anyone would have this opinion from a religious or completely secular point of view of devaluing other people's worth of their expression because it doesn't mean anything to you, that's garbage. That's just... Oh, that's that's just so... It's... (laughs) I guess... It's, it's got me more in a tizzy because like, sure, we like last week we discover the, the horrible things that um, Scott Bayo is accused of doing. And I got upset about those. But I didn't get vitriolic about it because we should we all know it's awful and he's awful. But the point is like something like this is presenting it as, well, this is obviously the right way to do this. You have to always put a message and just pretty pictures are meaningless. Like they're presenting it like this is meaningful and that's what makes me they're presenting that blog like it's a meaningful lesson and it absolutely is the wrong lesson and the wrong way to look at other people's personal expression and their art
1: indeed so the last thing that i had was a facebook video but it won't let me open it because i don't have facebook so i just sent it to (laughs) you and hopefully it actually goes through all right um I did copy and paste the note which has the actual link, but
0: Oh, this was on Facebook. This okay, is just cool. a guitar. This yeah. is just a guitar cover. Actually. Oh, I
1: wasn't sure because I didn't watch it, so. Alright. So <laughs> your turn.
0: It's nice that they posted it to Facebook. <laughs> well, this is a song that they have not played a ton, you know, except for the mm-hmm 10 tour.
1: So I'm sure, because you know the audience, they're not gonna want to sit around and listen to a six minute song, Jenny. <laughs>
0: Exactly. I was thinking that. I was like, this would be for me, because I'm not, because I haven't, I don't know, this would sort of be a more fun way to end a show than necessarily deathbed. Yes, If the stark nature (laughs) of its message is too much for you to take. So, oh, I forgot one note, actually. I'm back on my notes and I remembered one thing. So there is, this song kind of reminds me. Of this one specific area era of the Foo Fighters on their second album *Color in the Shape*, it's not that it's like specifically—I don't think ripping. It's not at all ripping off these songs, but there's a mood of and sort of a tone of two songs from that Foo Fighters album that are like the slower kind of songs. I, Jessica's looking confused. Oh, it's I started <laughs> the song.
1: I thought the upstairs neighbor was running her water. <laughs>
0: So there's this song from this album called Walking After You. And it's not that it... It's not the same song, but it fires that same neuron in my brain.
1: I see what you mean. And then
0: there's this other song. It sounds very
1: worshipy. It
0: does. And then there's this other song called February Stars that's a similar tone to me. So it's not that these are actually, it's not that these are absolutely. it feels like this song, When I Go Down, could be a third song along with those other two songs to me. It always has felt this way, because I liked Foo Fighters when they were first coming out, when Dave Grohl was first creating, you know, the first two Foo Fighters albums. So I knew Color in the Shape really well when I listened to this album when it went mm-hmm, when it was new and when I heard when I go down I was like oh this feels like it's off of the color and the shape
1: so would you say that the colors in the shapes are meaningful
0: yeah it's like oh look, look at this just meaningless gar look at this meaningless color and this meaningless shape like what does that mean like look at any album cover like <laughs> what does this mean actually
1: mean to set you off like if,
0: if if the cover of mm-hmm, was just a painting, would you just be like, ugh, look at that, look at that meaningless painting. It's the just the cover a of forgetting
1: not slow down. Is a painting.
0: It is. But if you just saw a painting, what is still life? What is still? What is a still life painting? It's just a it's just painting of fruit in a bowl. Like what is like a picture like portraits of people? Is it just meaningless because it's just just a person? Like oh, it's just a pretty picture of some lady. Who cares? Art shouldn't just be about. Getting chicks.
1: (laughs) What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. So let's move on to those covers. That song has meaning.
0: Every song has meaning. Every single piece of creative work in the world has meaning. And that blog post was absolutely 100% incorrect. Like, not debatable. An incorrect way to look at other people's creative expression. (sighs) So here's Reliant K performing this song live in Irvine, California in 2006. It's only a thirty-second upload of the They're song. They're putting a
1: different flavor on it yeah, it's there. A slightly it different sounds a little flavor. like something else that I yeah. can't quite name right now. And
0: it's a bad phone video from two thousand six. But yeah, this would have been—I was getting to this before I went on another tangent. This would have been a nice show closer, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, up until Deathbed came out. Or if it's like a festival set or a shorter set, and they don't have the time to play all thirty-five minutes of Deathbed, they could have, <laughs> they could replace this. Yeah. But instead, at ten i i guess they closed and i well, man i wish we had been able to go to mm-hmm 10. it's one of the biggest misses that we didn't go to that they used to i guess they ended every show on that tour with when i go down so here it is in irvine and the last one was in irvine this one's in houston at the houston house of blues right around your birthday
4: 2014
3: Love i hate more that's
0: That's super nice yeah and really pretty and unfortunately the later half when the song gets louder does not sound good on this video
1: it reminds me of flower off air for free okay (laughs) especially how they do it live and this song could also
0: be on a Color. Those two, along with those two songs, on Color in the Shape. This is like some chilled out Dave Grohl vibes, like earlier chilled out Dave Grohl vibes before it became Like I'm just the hard rocking guy.
1: Yeah. And I mean, obviously, Flower like gets really atmospheric, and it gets into that do 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 do. But just like that intro part gave me similar vibes. Gotcha.
0: Well, there are a lot of covers, and we won't do most of them because they're just acoustic guitars, real simple. Some people only do half the song. Some people only do a minute of the song. More than one person does only a minute of the song. But here's a very important cover for us to play because this is our guest this week. This This is my
1: favorite cover of this song. It is.
0: This is Zeke Power's cover, and this is only four minutes. I did listen to the whole thing, but I guess somewhere a minute got cut out because this one is... Four, 4 minutes and 50 seconds.
3: I'll tell you flat out It has so much to think of these So from my thoughts I will exclude the very everything that I hate more than everything is the way I'm powerless to dictate my own moves I've thrown away so many things that could have been much more and I just pray my problems go away
0: we could sit here and listen to all five minutes. You didn't even <laughs> like, get into
1: the chorus. Let's
0: get into the chorus. <laughs> and then we'll hear how we did some of the later part
3: of the song. But that's not the way it works. No, it's not the way it works. When I go down, I go down hard. And I take everything I've learned teach myself some disregard when i go down it hurts to hit the bottom and other things that got me there i think if only i had fought
0: them super
1: nice it's so beautiful
0: <laughs> before we had our call with zeke to be on the show uh we listened to it and jessica was like oh, this could be on the radio.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and I
0: think we told him that in the interview, we but did. we meant it.
1: <laughs> yeah, like his covers of Reliant K songs, I'm like, these, <sighs> he makes these mainstream. Right. Like he turns these into like he mainstream makes radio hits. Current. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and
0: when I've and after re-listening, it was after our call with him that I finally actually spent the time with the song. And uh, it was you know, listening to it back to back to back, I was like, actually, I think this song could have been on the radio at the time as well, Reline Cage's version. Back then, it could have been on the radio if you cut a minute out and did a radio edit. So I want to find the Any Control part. This uh, is three minutes and five seconds in.
3: If only I had down Any control I thought I had Slips right through my head. On my ever-present conscience shakes his head and reprimands me, reprimands me, then and
0: there. Really nice. Yes. I suggest going and checking out the whole thing. And I'm not just saying that because he's on the episode. <laughs> but here, this hopefully you'll be interested in as well. These don't come up all the time, but you always love them. Ooh. After this survey on YouTube.
1: Nice. <laughs>
0: it's the chiptune version uploaded by Chiptune Planet, who seemed to always have the chiptunes of Relying K. This was only uploaded six years ago.
1: I was unsure if you were going to play me a chiptune, uh, a girl with a very soulful Lana Del Rey <laughs> voice, or a shipping video. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: So this is just one thing over and over, which, I mean, you could argue that the actual song is one sort of cadence for that first three minutes, Yeah. but it's on chip Tune, it's even more laid bare. <laughs> I forgot to mention as well, this part really reminds me of that lift in Deathbed. Mm. I mean, I know we're listening to the chip Tune version right now, but this part towards the end, in the last two minutes of When I Go Down. Reminds me as we're getting towards like, you know, John Foreman coming in and like (laughs) the deathbed man's about to die. Like this really, this really feels like a proto tail end of deathbed as well. But I like that they kind of take the, they're kind of taking that sleigh bell thing and bringing it forward. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting way to interpret a rather complex song, especially... Since I think a lot of chiptune only has a limited number of channels, like proper chiptune, when you're actually using video game systems to make the sounds as opposed to just using some sort of chiptune program. I don't know. I don't know. I've never done it. How would I know? So here is your other favorite type of Reliant K cover. We're going to start picking on Reliant K. Oh, no. (laughs) They're back. What song is this? (laughs) It's when I go down, I play in the street, I make mashed potatoes, I get hit by cars. Those are the Five Iron Frenzy lyrics Uh to that song I played a little bit ago. It's nice! We're waiting for our table at Cracker Barrel. Why do you hate picking on Reliant K so much? Jessica's going to sleep now.
3: (laughs) We am powerless to dictate my own mood. As I exhale, I hear your voice.
0: As I exhale, I sound like this. Jessica who sings like this. (laughs) It's the picking on Reliant K guy.
1: I thought you were gonna say the pearl jam guy, Eddie Vedder.
0: By the way. The Pickin' on Relying K album cover
1: uh-huh.
2: does the
0: circle thing. And this yeah. is before Air for Free. We were talking about this on our Patreon episode with Alex from Zeitgeist Labs about Zach's mannequin. <laughs> Jack's mannequin. <laughs> that I knew this circle, this four circle thing goes back to a time with Brian and the band. The four circle. Right. But it wasn't a big you know, trademark shift, aesthetic shift for the band like the three circles are. Right. But the four circle thing did exist. So
1: It's Reliant K's trademark move to involve circles. It
0: is. I remember there used to be a shirt that said Reliant K and then it was four circles and I guess they were green, red, yellow, and blue if picking on Reliant K is to be believed. I don't think picking on... Was picking on Reliant... No, yeah, picking on Reliant K was from 2007. So the four... The three dots thing is really goes back to the proto thing of the four dots, which is much less well-known. Anyway, that's it for covers, except for this one. <laughs> <laughs> there are like 10 other covers, but we won't bore everybody with them. This one is Rude. sort of it, rather beautiful. Um, if this is uploaded by uh, Silka. Kavlog. K-A-M-U-S-I-K-A. K-A-V-L-O-G. And I'm not sure, this appears to be in an Asian country, and he's ridden like a moped up into this wooded area. Oh, cool. Right? But then you can hear all kinds of sounds in the background, like you can hear kids playing and you can hear like roosters and you can hear other people nearby so i think it's like a wooded area in and otherwise off camera it's like a busy area in whatever asian country this is so the cover's nice but then just the ambiance of like being in nature in somewhere in a busy community somewhere in asia just struck me as like surprisingly beautiful so i recommend everyone go check out this video and i'll play a little bit of it now
3: I'm powerless to take my words, I feel no way, so many things could have been much more than I just pray the problems go.
0: I don't know. It's just really really nice. I wish you could hear the song better, but the video in and of itself is a real mood and it's interesting. And I recommend everyone go check it out. So I guess the last thing we'll lead off with before we go to our, well, we also have to rank the song, but I don't know what this is. Here's the only sort of ship, not ship video, but like a fan type video. There's some video game called the howls. And it almost looks like some sort of like Sims type thing. But not quite. Oh,
1: I thought it was going to be like. Lovey and what's his name from Gilligan's Island.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's right. Those Gilligan's Island characters are called the Howls.
1: Oh,
2: wow. This this is is some sort of like. (laughs) This is some
0: sort of emo werewolf video game called The Howls. My first rock on The Howls. I were the Howls. We don't have nothing in common with The Howl. I don't understand. This is apparently some sort of.
1: Wow. This is some
0: sort of Sims-like video game. Wow. I don't know if it is a... Or if it is The Sims and they have like it's a werewolf pack. No. Okay, it's some Sims-like video game where they have a werewolf character who is rocking out in mid-2000s Wow! emo clothes and is playing the guitar to this song. <sighs> Who's that uploaded by?
1: <laughs> the Howls. Um... The Howls135 is who uploaded it. Unregistered Hypercam, too. Whatever that means. Oh, he's fallen. It's it's a screen. Werewolf (laughs) werewolf boys is falling. That comes
0: up all the time in these old 2000 videos. Hypercam is like a screen capturing software, and they they never used to register it.
1: They're playing the instruments in this very creepily rendered space.
0: Nice. Well, Jessica.
1: Yes. As we
0: let the Howls play us into our interview, (laughs) how do you rank this song? Do you like it more, the same, or less than before we did the episode?
1: I think I like it about the same. Okay. But I like the Zeke power cover more. (laughs) Nice
0: well i definitely like this song way more i finally given it the time that it always deserved i kind of let it kind of sit at the back of the cd and i didn't really give it the attention it deserved my whole life so um even though it's a bad friend teeson song (laughs) i still love this song so here now let's now cut oh i can't edit around this because there's music in the background so let's go to the interview (laughs) zeke power There we go. So nice to meet you. We've been fans and uh, yeah, we love your Reliant K covers. So uh, a couple of the day I tweeted at you, like uh, your boomerang cover got like put in my, yeah. Replaced in my YouTube feed. You know, sometimes YouTube's like, hey, you haven't watched this video in a while. I'm like, oh yeah, the boomerang cover. <laughs> and I watched it. And then like that moment is when I tweeted at you. I was like, hey, if you ever want to come on the podcast.
6: <laughs> no way. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. That was um, I still remember that that doing that cover. So I'm like just trying to move my laptop so I can see and speak to you at the same time. Um, but yeah, not nah, yeah, like the boomerang cover was fun, bro. That was like, it feels like it was so far far back in in another life but it yeah was, it was awesome it was so awesome jessica's kid.
0: here we're both here i'm the one on hi. camera oh, okay. yeah my wife's here up, um, Jess?
2: <laughs> hi. Yeah.
0: i don't know if you had a chance to check us out what we're about but we're married we live in la yeah. and we yeah. do this podcast about relying k we do a different song every week
6: yeah man yeah, yeah. i've been listening i've been listening oh, to you guys okay great i um i have listened in the past and i definitely was like oh you I, have listened in the past yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I found you like I found you guys on Twitter. I feel like you actually tagged me in something like yeah. a few years ago, like on Twitter. Okay. And um, like back in 2019 or something, right? Um, and yeah, it was from like from then on. I've been, I've definitely like known about you guys and. Oh, okay, listened, great. Dropped in now and then, had a listen. Nice. <laughs> awesome. You know,
0: that's great. We um, yeah, I probably tagged you because we post different covers that we go over from the week before. So I probably right. posted something of yours that we found that week on whichever week. Yeah. The first one we found was the boomerang cover because I am pretty sure that's the first song uh, that it just so happened. You did that. Uh-huh. We did. It's like the earliest ah. one. That, yeah.
2: Yeah. And yeah, then i that's cool.
0: Yeah. And then I kind of waited. I haven't, it wasn't until today actually that I deliberately went and looked at every Reliant K song you've covered. Cause oh, before I can- that I like to like, even when i figure out pages of people who cover reliant k songs regularly yeah. uh, i like to wait until the search to find it i don't like to like automatically know because i think i like to know the week we're gonna do the song it's like a surprise yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> fully,
6: yeah i fully get that yeah man like reliant k i'm pretty sure that like the f- i've been running my youtube channel now for a few like a good few years um but like I, i'm pretty sure the very first cover i ever put up was uh was a reliant K car I think it was okay like eight, yeah like back in the day bro like I think I was like 18 or something right and uh yeah man it's it's been a journey but they still <laughs> I'm still listening to them to this day bro I was yeah it's been it's been them like I kind of I wouldn't say I grew up listening to them because I didn't find them until I was like uh 17 18 so it was like the end okay. of my like high school years but um I'm pretty sure the first song I ever heard of theirs um, was. What's the first song of hmm? It is. The one I'm waiting for? The one I'm waiting for, yeah. man. Yeah. And, it, and it, that's it. And it, it was the drums that literally just like caught me because I grew up playing the drums. Like the drums was my first instrument. And okay. so um, once I heard like the drums just going for like just going crazy <laughs> in that, that mad punk rock beat. Right. I was like hooked. I didn't even like, I didn't even care what the rest of the song was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Was That's sick. a great opener.
0: That's oh, an amazing man. album opener. Yeah.
6: Strong opener. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So. <laughs> so we want to learn more about you because, you know, we're familiar with your YouTube covers. And then it was, and it turned out like we, when we discovered your channel, that at the exact same time you were on the voice australia like i it, i just looked at the times and well actually it filmed when it was airing right because we wouldn't be able to have yeah. seen it here in america okay so yeah. we started in june and then i think and then and that season went from i looked into the dates it's like that one from may to august or something so like yeah man you were so like we're like oh we really like this cover what else has he done for original music and stuff and so there was like only one other song on your spotify at the time And the information and like articles about you being on The Voice at the time were were literally just happening. We're like, oh, he's on. (laughs) Oh yeah, great. So
6: yeah, yeah, because the
0: the,
6: yeah the voice the voice will happen in yeah 2019 as well. So it 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 was all kind of overlapping at the same time, and then obviously um uh 2020 happened and everyone got the kind of locked down and you know. Yeah. stuck in their rooms and stuff but um yeah man 2019 was a weird a weirdly fun year but it was um it was yeah it's a bit of a blur yeah I <laughs> can't really remember too much that happened but all for the great right reasons there was just so many like exciting and um different experiences that I had along with my wife Naz as well like it was just a really cool journey like yeah the, I've never I never done anything like that before and then yeah. um being able to meet different meet different people and learn heaps of different things it was it was really cool so sorry my wife is actually just to, like you can't see her but she's like right here <laughs> as she's doing the dumbest dance right now trying to like <laughs> Jessica is also right here out of frame yeah. but she's just sitting there <laughs> listening to you yeah that's awesome that's funny oh man
0: so uh, I want to go back and, and and learn more about you and and how you got into music and you kind of touched on already how you when you discovered Reliant K and everything but like you have original music and you still do a lot of covers on your YouTube and we love all, we love all of them everything we've heard
2: yeah it's oh, been great
0: man. yeah so thank we want to find out more about how you sort of got into music and eventually you know got into bands like Reliant K started your YouTube channel and yeah. all of that
6: yeah cool man um I would say music has been probably the most consistent thing in my life since an early age um I grew up in a very like musical family so my father he was playing in a band like and I just remember being being in and around that environment um you know from as long as I can remember my dad plays the bass and um Mm -hmm like my granddad, his father, he plays like guitar and he so but like my dad's one of four kids and all four boys, like they play different instruments type thing. And we all kind of, they, they grew up um, playing, you know, like in church and stuff. And, and then um, my kind of musical background is quite similar. I grew up um, in church playing the drums. The drums is my first instrument, like I said before. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was, it was just kind of one of those things, but like my, our our family i guess even like culturally like when uh when we have like get togethers and dinners and things like that um music is always the the kind of central thing that that binds us all together Mm -hmm. and especially like even on a spiritual level like we we uh we grow together and we've we get to know each other by like playing and worshiping together as well and that was the kind of like way that i grew up and so um you either you know you either learn how to play or sing mm-hmm. or you're just yeah, like you're just so bored for like five hours <laughs> because like because <laughs> everyone else is playing and singing. So um yeah, like that, that was it. it. You know, and it's like it's like that for everything, not just music. You you hang around the those particular people in your life and it just Oh, that was our dog sorry
2: <laughs> oh <Yo>, that's so <laughs> sick
6: oh um, sorry we i love dogs um yeah. <laughs> yeah you grow up around those those you know in those circles and it it, it rubs off on you um, Yeah. at some point and so yeah um grew up playing the drums i was playing the drums from like th- when i was like three four mm-hmm. years old and then um i was playing in church from like seven years old and then I didn't pick up guitar until I was about 16. So around the same time I started listening to bands like Reliant K and Mm -hmm. um, Falling Up, man, I'm a massive Falling Up fan, Switchfoot, like all of those kind of, I grew up, I grew up like my parents back in the day were like real strict on like what I was allowed to listen to in-house. So yeah, yeah, that rock music, but it's like, is it talking about Jesus? (laughs) 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 So... um, (laughs) So yeah, it was definitely one of those fans back in the day. Um right. but so yeah, so it was always like I remember going through a, a phase where I, I had to like full on convince mom that POD was like a good thing. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. like showing her youth of the nation and being like my mom's like read, she's we're in the Bible bookstore, like listening right. to POD, and mom's got the booklet out, and she's reading the lyrics right. of youth of the nation, and she's like, it's talking about a kid like dying at of school <laughs> are you serious like and I'm just like no mom I'm serious this is it's like a good message and stuff so anyway um yeah that was the that's a bit of a an idea like I'm not I love my parents and my and the way that they brought me up um and uh I, I do believe that like the way that they raised me definitely um shaped and formed my preferences musically now but it also yeah. like when I was old enough to kind of decide for myself what I wanted to do um they were they were so chill and like they were just like yeah like do your thing like whatever you want to do that's great (laughs) we raised you to this point and now it's like (laughs) up to you man like (laughs) go for gold we still love you regardless so um yeah i listen to pad like every day now and uh it's (laughs) awesome so (laughs) but it is uh um but yeah so reliant k anyway um started listening to Reliant K when I was 17 um and it was around that time I was playing guitar and I was starting to sing I didn't grow up singing at all um but um it I'm just starting to wonder like how many stories of Reliant K listeners start like this but it all started with like the end of a relationship (laughs) oh okay (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah like I I was um I was like heartbroken and stuff and mm-hmm. you know all of that sort of thing i was in my feels and then i heard the one i'm waiting for um and yeah i fell in love with the musicality of it like just because i love that type of i love listening to punk rock and uh-huh. um i just love drumming if, if it is if it's got a mad beat i'm in 100 <laughs> and um but then the more that i started listening to the lyrics it was actually the lyrics like matt Thiessen's writing that really kept me there you know mm-hmm. and um i just really uh I think the thing that I gravitated towards was I love when a writer it's all, like it's almost like he's reading pages out of your own journal you know what I mean like when right. he's writing and he's describing things that you're literally going through at the time mm-hmm. and yeah. for me as a as an adolescent kid like that was I was feeling everything he was you know I was picking up everything he was putting down and um that journey is still continuous man like Mm -hmm. i've obviously i'm older now um but i feel like getting coming on to you know jumping on the on the fan bandwagon at that age um and then growing with him and uh, growing with them as they've kind of progressed and they've evolved as a band as well Mm -hmm. um stylistically and lyrically um i think it's cool yeah
0: that's great yeah um, I'm I'm shocked to hear that you didn't start singing until
2: around yeah, 17 or yeah. so because
0: you have a great voice. So oh, did thanks, you man. did you go for any lessons for singing, or is it just something you kind of were able to do maybe because of your family and everyone around you loving music?
6: Yeah, I uh, I st- I have taken lessons since. So I start um I started taking I took some lessons for like a year um when I was like t- like 20 21. Mm-hmm. And that was at the point where I was I just kind of deciding like I really want to pursue music um, as more than just like a hobby or mm-hmm. as a recreational thing um and I just kind of figured like if I'm serious about it, I want to learn how to do it properly and with proper techniques so that there's longevity in it mm-hmm. um, yeah, and it really helped too like it I I actually I actually listened to your, this is going back a bit though, but I remember okay. listening to your Savannah podcast. Uh-huh. And then you I think you've you featured like one of my my cover of Savannah right. on that podcast. And I cringed so <laughs> <laughs> Because it's so like, oh man, it's just like 17 year old me just in a rat bag. But yeah, like yeah. just listening to the singing and being like, oh, what are you doing? Why are you trying to sound like a breath, like a breath, like literally just like a breath? Like, but anyway, you know, that's just the journey we're all on. Um, but yeah, I, singing, singing lessons definitely helped me kind of uh, find my own voice. And, you know, I, because I didn't start singing until a, later on in my, like teenage years mm-hmm. um i you know and in, in hindsight it's easier to recognize but at the at the time i was just i was trying to mimic the the voices that i liked you know so okay. um like i definitely like if i'm i'm i'm, I'm you probably hearing in my accent but i'm aussie and so like right. uh but we usually sing with like an american accent because predominantly we listen to a lot of what's on the radio and it's gotcha. genuinely pop and so um but, yeah, I was listening to Roland K and I was listening to uh, Our City. I'm a massive fan of Adam Young as well and everything okay. he puts out. Um, but, yeah, so then I'd be, like, trying to sing, like, like Matt and Adam. And, yeah, it's just <laughs> not a good thing. But you're, you got to go through those things to find your own voice sometimes.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. It, it, was it a similar process for eventually writing your own music? Because it was. did you feel like you were copying – i mean do you have songs on spotify now and you have some original music on youtube and i'm not sure if any of that is newer stuff but like what was the process like for eventually learning to create your own music were you emulating other styles like you were doing the covers on youtube or did you do entirely different kind of music than you have now
6: yeah definitely man um starting out writing like i i started writing around the same same time that i started singing so around that 17 16 17 year old phase and um uh i think when i first started i was definitely imitating just the i don't know you know um the imagery that the the music that i was listening to was was projecting and mm-hmm. i loved i loved the way that um Matt specifically, he phrases things and he has like a cheekiness like to a lot of his, uh, even like their earlier lyrics that they were putting out, you know, from like, even like back, to, obviously to like two left, don't make it wrong. Uh, a right, But like, it's it was all that kind of tongue in cheek, but it's still, it still hit, like it was still in your feels and it was emotional, mm-hmm. but it was like, you could laugh at it at the same time. I, I really enjoyed that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, but then there was also that overly over the top, like angsty stuff that he would put, put out as well. And you're like, oh, all right, precious. You know, so like, um, you know, being heartbroken when I first started listening, I was definitely like writing a lot of that type of thing. Like, you yeah. know, I'll die a thousand deaths. Like, no, it wasn't that bad, but it was to that extent. Um, But yeah, I, I found that over the years, um the obviously the more that you do it you you start to clean and but um collaborating with other people man has definitely helped me to refine my my writing and um figure out like yeah like what my voice is and what I wanna speak about and what I wanna say mm-hmm. and so um yeah, like especially coming off the voice, the back of the voice um there's been a growth in like you know i guess following and listeners and stuff, so I wanna be uh intentional with what i am saying through my music Mm -hmm. and just the the way that i'm i guess like the message that i'm trying to project um yeah i just i think it's important that um the the music and the art that we put out as creatives in general is always reflecting the times and is always like uh honest of like what's going on around us and Mm -hmm. that's what i'm trying to do right now yeah yeah that's great
0: I have to ask you about the Boomerang cover, which was the first one we discovered, because you when we discovered that that cover, we were like floored by it because you like totally transformed the like the the sort of beat of the song or I don't know if it was the beat, but you totally changed it and made it this whole other thing. And we loved it so much. And in some ways, we like it more than the regular Boomerang song. Yeah. And also (laughs) it kind of helped us learn to like boomerang more because when we came <laughs> when we came into collapsible lung like we came into this podcast we were like collapsible lung ignorers we were like a long time listener <laughs> i know the. I, I know bro. i know yeah I know
6: feels. i've been listening i've been listening yeah
0: and the podcast made me like d- doing the podcast we'd be like wait there's good stuff in collapsible lung it's just like yeah. the idea that it's really K was the sticking point so we yeah, got, yeah. so, but your Boomerang cover, like, showed that there's this, the core of the song that's so fun, and if you just put away, like, hey, this doesn't sound like, mm-hmm, there's something right. there. So, like, and I know there was a, you had, that was a collaboration with um, uh, Black Indie, was that Black Indie, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah,
6: that's my brother, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's okay. your brother? I, oh, sorry, no, 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 like, uh, no, not like just, gotcha. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> yeah, just black people, we're, just, we're all related right. sometimes, you know, like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> gotcha um so uh it, it, what was the what was the idea behind that song or that cover like did that come naturally or did you play around with the song for a while before you got to that because we just we just love that cover and what you were able to do with it so how did you come yeah. do you remember how you came to that version
6: yeah i remember um at the time of the recording for boomerang like even when Collapse All came out. Um, so Mikhail, which who is Black Indy, um, Mikhail and I, we were living together, and um, yeah, he's obviously got his own music and stuff, his, his project. He's living in Canada now with his wife and um, and Joel, okay. but he's st- still playing full time. So shout out to shout out to Mick and the and the fam. But um, when we were living together, we would just be jamming in the lounge like all the time, and, and we would be kind of sharing, each, you know, what what each other the other person was listening to, and uh, we we were writing and stuff. So. Um yeah when Collapsible came out I was so excited to I'm um, you know honestly like that RK could put out like a like a spoken word about daffodils and I would just be falling so <laughs> um yeah I had it pre-ordered and then when it it finally dropped like I remember just sitting down we just like listened to the whole thing like from top to to tail um a bunch of times and boomerang was to be fair like collapsible it was definitely like unlike anything else that they had released in the past and it mm-hmm. was it was um, it was a different feeling to what I was used to I was expecting like stuff from mm-hmm. I was expecting that vibe and right um, but what yeah it, it grew on me um, uh, and boomerang was definitely one of those one of the songs that really stuck out just because it was to me it felt fun like it felt um, really like upbeat and like kind of happy and stuff and it took some of the essence of what I was used to. Mm. And it just kind of brought it, you know, into the the current times, I guess. Um, right. But yeah, we were just jamming it, man. Like, uh, it, to be honest, there wasn't that much more thought that went into the the style of it. um The whole like kind of strumming pattern and everything is is very kind of like I remember you you guys put it as like Jason Mraz um Right. And we we just kind of grew up playing that kind of style like the island type of music um gotcha. like reggae kind of vibes um growing up in uh, like I, i'm originally from a beach town in north queensland and um up there like that was literally that that dun, 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 mm-hmm. that kind of style that was just that's just where we live type okay. thing and so um and when whenever i cover songs um especially back then when i was beginning like i was really just excited to reimagine songs and mm-hmm. I love the idea of a listener hear like not being able to pick what what it is that you're playing until you start singing and and the melody kicks in and they're right. like oh my gosh this is crazy <laughs> like what this is the thing yeah and um yeah covering Bim that was definitely like that intention I, I just wanted to do something completely different and um yeah and just have fun with it I and I felt like that style was it was gonna suit the suit the song really well so. I had a really fam I had a there was a. I actually got uh, the video got shared by I think Matt Hoops. Um, oh okay. On great. um, on his Twitter or something uh-huh. like like a week or two after because I told like all my friends to like link and tag, <laughs> tag <laughs> like live online, <laughs> online and stuff. Nice. Send That's you great. money. Oh okay. Alright. Married life. Gotcha. <laughs>
0: so we're so we're having you on the when I go down episode, yeah, yeah, and you did a cover yeah. of that as well. We were listening to that today, and that one's also great. That one's amazing. Jessica, you had an observation. Do you remember what you said when we were listening to it?
1: I don't remember okay you when we were listening to it,
0: Jessica was like you you made it you, you took. You you made it so much even sweeter sounding than the relying the that that first part which is kind of I don't know if it's actually minor key but that first kind of
6: yeah it is part
0: it is minor key yeah so that first minor part like you we felt like you like heightened it even more where it was like it felt like. I'm not just trying to like be over the top with the compliments or anything, but you were able the the feeling when we were listening to is like, this feels like it could be on the radio. Like you, you you, were like brought something out of that song where maybe when I go down by relying K it, 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 you could hear it on the radio, but you kind of made, you made it even more current. You know what I mean? You made it feel like a song from this year, as opposed to sometimes I hear when I go down and I feel like it's kind of two thousands, but your cover of that song like felt much more, Current, and I don't even know what exactly you did (laughs) if it was just your voice or your choice of how to play it. But it and and you're probably pretty close to the original, but we really loved it, It, it it's really good.
6: Thank you, man. Yeah, Um,
0: it's not even much of a question, but (laughs) yeah, I guess the question is, I guess the the question is, is, yeah, (laughs) yes. Uh, But what do you think of that song? Like, how did you feel about it when you were covering it? Or how does that, how do you feel about that song overall? Since we already know that you love that Mm -hmm was your first Thrilline K album.
6: Yeah, I think what I, what I really love about that song is that it starts you out with conflict and then, the whole rest of the song is you being shown like the effects of what has already happened. It's like the aftermath of like the conflict. Mm-hmm. But then, um after all is said and done, I like the the, the final and, and Matt does this so well is that his final like footnotes on the songs are always like, well, not always, but a lot of the time they're they're always hopeful and optimistic for the future and Mm -hmm. like um it's almost like his way of being uh he's cathartically just offloading all of his emotion right at you as if you're the the, like like he's laying on the on the on the couch and he's just sharing everything that's just happened but then he sits up at the end of the song and then he's just kind of like self-reflects and he's like uh it's gonna be all right and um when I go down is one of those songs to me, um, mm-hmm. because it's just, just the words like of the chorus alone. When I go down, I go down hard. Right, <laughs> That's just so simple, but it's so true. And there's so many people myself included that can just relate to that. And it doesn't even have to be relationally. It's just mentally, like emo- emotionally and whatever's going on in life. Sometimes, you know, it's very hard to, um, we, we try our best to stay above the line of like, I don't know, we like to keep our equilibrium, you know, pretty, pretty well balanced, um, emotionally and stuff. But when it happens, it happens, you know, and we go down hard and um, sometimes it takes a moment for us to stop in those in those situations and then take a step back and just remind ourselves that at the end of it, um, You give me hope, and hope it gives me life. You touch my heavy heart, and in the end, you make it light. And (laughs) like, what? That that is so beautiful. Like those words alone are just. And you don't even have to sing it if you. It it feels like he's just writing a letter, and he's writing a letter of remembrance to himself. But he's allowing you to read over his shoulder, and um, that's why, that's why the song to you know, and particularly when I first heard it, um. Angst, teenage angst and teenage heartbreak is always right. so funny to look at when you're 30 years old but right. in the moment it was a real thing to me and um i'll never deny the feeling that i felt of um knowing within myself that it's gonna be okay and it, this song was one of the songs that really brought me through the other end um and being better um and not being bitter um mm-hmm. after everything that i was going through at that time and um Yeah, I hope that answers your question. It definitely does.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's so amazing because, like, really, like that—the emotional core of that answer—is so many people's story for Reliant K. No matter like the like the 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 surface level aesthetic differences for how people come into Reliant K—if they're like more punk or if they're more you know Christian contemporary or if they're more pop and radio—that doesn't really matter. Like, but when Reliant K connects to people emotionally. That really is like the core of the story. Like, so like you said, like, so sometimes people learn about them when there's a bad time in their life, and it always gives them hope and during a breakup or a loss. And like, yeah, it, also the fact that Oh, sorry, uh, Jessica want to say something. Oh,
1: just so I was gonna say, yeah, even like the rawest and darkest of Reliant K songs, they're still you come out of them with a feeling of hope, yeah. which is yeah. like, so amazing how how that works.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And- he has, so, he has written so many songs about kind of like, like feeling bad or beating himself up or feeling like he's fallen short of something, whether it's spiritual or sometimes it's in a relationship yeah. with people or sometimes it's about how he spends his time. And he, and he kind of like it's constantly singing songs of like contriteness and feeling bad. But there's always a hope. It's never just I feel bad and listen yeah. to me feel bad. It's like I feel bad, but I'm going to get through this
6: yeah yeah and and being that being that voice for so many other people who don't know how to express that you know for themselves i think that's so that's definitely like you said that's the reason why so many people in the past and even and definitely now are so moved and so um so connected to matt Mm teeson's writing and 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 his um and his musicality even i think a, a big part too like I'll credit his I'll compliment his lyrics and stuff forever but like also musically man like this band their progressions and stuff and even their chord changes it's all such a journey and it really does music is just uh the way that they use music to really portray the emotion that he's trying to um you know share with you Mm -hmm. um lyrics are one thing but I feel like even who uses sleigh bells at the end of a song to <laughs> make you feel like anything but jolly. You know what I mean? Like right. you can't use sleigh bells and <laughs> not feel good, bro. Like what the heck? Like you give me hope and it's chic, It's like, what?
3: <laughs> who thinks about that?
6: Um, yeah. So I think, I think I, I really, I really love the way that, um <laughs> Yeah. Sonically and and also lyrically, this dude like the when I go down is a very good example of how how mm-hmm. well they yeah they they get those get those ideas across in a very very palpable way.
0: Gotcha, that's great. Yeah, have you ever had a chance to see Reliant K live?
6: Yeah, I, you did? I got this. <laughs> yeah, I got the, sorry, I, was, I got to see them live twice. Um, oh great, <laughs> they came to Australia back in like 20 oh man it would have been like i feel like my mic is getting lower and lower um we did
0: it was it 2011 i'm only guessing because we randomly when we were talking about case for karaoke last time jessica found an article from an australian interview and then it ended with a list of tour dates
6: (laughs) oh wow yeah dude it actually probably would have been like they came to australia for uh um, it's for like a youth big youth event here in yeah, Brisbane I think that's what it um, was they talked it was, about yeah. it they did like a big youth
0: event and then they did a tour because the, yeah. uh, they were already there so I think that was it yeah.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. so I live so they came to Brisbane which is where I live now Um, to play um, along with like Lecrae and like a whole bunch of like the 116 click um, so it was like such a weird combination because <laughs> you got punk rock and then you just got like full on hip hop. Right. It was dope. Um, But yeah, I, I remember road tripping because we still lived in North Queensland at the time, which is so from Bowen to where we used to live, it's about a 13, 14 hour drive. And me um, and two other mates of mine, we're just like, we were, we're still mad Reliant K fans. We, we traveled, we made the trip down. Um, And then we sat in this youth event, for what well, felt like an eternity waiting for the main event which is which was okay, and um and then they got on and they only played like five or six songs oh. <laughs> because the rest of the event had dragged on for so long that oh, they wow. were told they only had like 20 minutes we were so <laughs> angry like <laughs> the whole crowd there was like ten thousand people there like just waiting and then they played for like yeah for like 20 minutes and then they they had to get off it wasn't their choice they had to like they basically got dragged off the stage and we were just so like we were so stitched up (laughs) we felt just really really sad but at the same time it was dope because um yeah man we got to see them live it was just it was this like real surreal um experience because i remember standing oh i was about maybe two or three rows like standing i'm a tall dude i'm like six four and so i'm making so many people angry behind me, but i didn't give a crap like i was just so happy to be in that mosh pit just blocking everyone's view um, <laughs> but, but yeah man it was dope so that was the first time i saw them and then they came back um maybe in like 20 2013 2014 for maybe earlier for a um for a music festival called Easterfest, oh. and um they they were the headliners there and at that time it was crazy because my band was actually playing at that festival as well oh, okay and so i got to meet matt teeson oh, at nice. their sound check and um zach farrow from paramore was like playing for them on drums oh, right. it was the most weirdest thing <laughs> ever it was like <laughs> it was like hey man what's up and um yeah so i got a photo with matt and and stuff we got to chat like briefly um don't if you ever talk to him don't bring it up because he will not remember um, <laughs> But it was really cool. It was really cool, and it was just um it was one of those moments, man, like you meet one of your heroes, and um, I was just really grateful that he was super um humble and like approachable and down to talk for mm-hmm. you know, for a few minutes and it was cool. It was really special. That's mm-hmm. great.
0: Do you have any other favorite relying k music other than maybe the ones we've already talked about and and mm-hmm, like uh feelings on forget not slow down we talked about collapsible lung we talked about mm do you have any like special thoughts about uh like forget not slow down or air for free or any of the earlier stuff
6: i mean i'm just going through like spotify again real quick right um sorry can i say spotify my bad yeah yeah we're on okay, spotify cool. <laughs> oh yeah i mean anyone could be, anyone could be on it you just start an artist
0: page and that's yeah. what we did and we yeah sick, yeah
6: sick 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 okay okay um as long as
0: they approve you ah
6: uh, yeah 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 <laughs> totally. yeah, yeah Good. Yeah, absolutely um okay i'm sorry in advance jess because i remember you in one of the episodes you didn't like this song. <laughs> okay <laughs> But um, literally, like one of my favorite songs is Deathbed. Oh, sorry. Right. Yep. Everybody loves it. it. Yeah.
1: Everybody except me loves it. It's
6: totally <laughs> okay.
2: And I would probably
0: right. like it more if it wasn't for Jessica, because I do like that <laughs> song. But I also take on Jessica's anxieties when I listen to the song and I'm like, oh, I totally. And I'm only i'm only like reflecting her anxieties and i'm like it would be so much worse if i was actually her listening to this song right now oh
4: man
6: yeah man um look oh I'll, <laughs> I'll own it but i have to, had to say it it's just it's a masterpiece man it's right. so good hey eh? it's just such a it's such a journey of just it's such a story dude like crazy i couldn't i remember the first time i heard it I didn't look at the time stamp. Okay. Like I didn't realize it went for like like 11 and a half minutes. <laughs> right. And then at the end of it, I was just, I remember I just sat, like I just sat there, just like in silence, just processing what just happened. Um, because I'm like, oh, the dude, he spoiler alert. Um, but he dies. <laughs> I mean, that's, he
3: like, that's crazy. Like, oh my gosh. And then John Foreman's singing, why? Like, that's what. <laughs>
6: Um. Yeah. It's it was. It's a beautiful song. Um. Anything off? Oh my gosh! Like, forget not slow down. Um. I love every song on that on that album as well. I'm still like, do you guys know why it's not on any streaming platforms? Is that like oh, a an, an? I think it's a publishing
0: thing, and yeah. I should have asked him at the time. But we had one of the people from Goatee Records on, right. and he he said something that. Made me realize this must be the cause, but I didn't confirm it with him. They forget not slow down the first album after their original contract, right? They they signed oh, yeah. a contract for their two, for two thousand, and yeah. that kind of that contract kind of kept them going up through burden B sides, yes. And then it ends, and they take over mono versus stereo, and they kind of become like sort of free agents, but they're still kind of under the Sony umbrella overall but basically they could yeah. like they they went to jive records which was uh, i guess also part of the same parent company yeah. and everything and they were and they went to jive and was like okay we want to release this one with you because for whatever marketing or it made sense at the time but i guess because of that it must somehow affect that one album because it's the Man. only album that they co like they co-released with jive records so it somehow messes it up D- across crazy. different streaming yeah this is that's a totally a guess but brad yeah. moist did explain that to us about you know jive records for that one release so it's got to sure. be something about that
6: yeah yeah i w- i always thought like it was because matt didn't want anyone to listen oh. to it. And i was like i was like i respect that man
0: because it is on, this a great piece of music it is on spotify in america now it wasn't for a while but it's not mm-hmm. on Apple Music here, and we have friends who do a podcast, and they're from Australia, uh, and they were only sort of Relying K fans. Their show's called Punko's Pod, and they All right. they do the uh, Punko's con- uh, compilation series. Uh-huh. And when we the first time we did a crossover with them, because Reliant K has had two songs on those compilations. Yeah, they were like, What should we listen to? And I was like, Oh, you gotta listen to Forget Not Slow Down. I had no idea that it's like not available on <laughs> streaming in Australia, but it, it's like, Yeah, I think that's the case for a lot of countries.
6: Yeah, well, it's yes, yeah, I'm looking now, it's definitely still not there. Like, yeah, um, yeah, it's a shame, man, because it's it, it really is such a good, good album, in my opinion. Yeah, um, oh, like. Yeah, man. Like anything on Two Lefts, uh, I just love all of them. My favorite song on Two Lefts is probably Mood Rings. I just love Mood mm-hmm. Rings. Um, I remember I bought the. I think I still got the book somewhere as well. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> the. Uh, I forget what it's called. It's like the comp, last. The last comp, line. Yeah,
0: complex infrastructure known as the female mind. That's according, the one. According, yep. <laughs> according to quote unquote reliant K. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've almost finished reading that book. We read it on
6: Patreon and
0: oh, yo. yeah
2: <laughs>
6: <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i gotta find it again man. yeah it's there i like bought it on amazon back in the day i was like i need it in my life like, right. right now and yeah man I, we, I don't know if i learned any valuable things from it but it was also it was definitely entertaining <laughs> yeah. yeah it's kind of like it's it's so
0: weird because well first of all we learned for sure relying k like didn't have anything to do with it it was like this guy who's you know it says relying k with mark nicholas mark nicholas yeah. wrote the book. And then Relying K might have written a couple pages when it actually says they specifically wrote that page. But Holy. it's just like talking about like, it's it's like fan fiction for like school. <laughs> it's like, you know when you go to school and one girl's the band geek and one girl's the cool girl oh, and one girl's the rock chick. But like yeah. all of the stereotypes and they call them stereotypes. It's like, here's all the stereotypes yeah. of the different kinds of girls. So many of them are like off base and it's clearly someone who's older and wasn't going to high school well, in two thousand. 2000- he- four
2: yeah it's like like man.
0: references that are off but then trying to fit in like what's your email signature and i'm like i guess this is the tail end of when that mattered
6: yeah man i think that's being a re- like relevant like a year <laughs> right. before that release was rele- uh, released right was <laughs> um but yeah it's definitely funny to look back on i don't know if it would hold up in the current climate but um you know it's uh it's definitely a, a bit of history that's worth looking back on and giggling at yeah Um, And it's
0: still in public. It's still published uh, digitally, so it's not even like totally lost. Like they might not be printing new physical copies, but I looked on e-reader apps and stuff. It's still digitally for sale.
3: No way! (laughs) Oh
6: my gosh, man! Yeah, these guys are making like a lot of money off it or not? (laughs) (laughs) So curious. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So like that's definitely, and I just I I also love like I think they took a lot, you know. Back, back in the Blink-182, like Heyday, like they, they had those funny little tracks, like Crayons Can Melt Some, like Gibberish, like that, those kind of things, right. those tracks that, that Reliant K put out as well. All that stuff that just keeps you engaged, man. I just love things like that. It's yeah. Just, they literally take 10 seconds to let you know that they just wasted 10 seconds mm. of your life. That's just...
0: Right. I always love but, that about any kind of band, but I definitely like it about Reliant K is, is the ability to like have fun and goof around in addition to songs that are meaningful and you know we've come across reviews and you know different things where people are like why can't not just for reliant k but anybody's like why can't this band just be serious why can't they just be serious (laughs) like why would you want them to just be serious yeah sometimes i hear that in from bands themselves like uh five iron frenzy Like, because they've done a lot of podcasts and stuff. And it's like, every time I hear certain band members, like, don't like a certain song because it's goofy. I'm like, you're a ska band. You got to have a fun (laughs) song. You can have the heavy ones. ska.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, having the political songs. (laughs) Having the political songs that sound fun, that's great. Because then people are like, well, this sounds fun, but it's teaching me something. But then you got to have the fun, fun songs to keep people to keep people from getting suspicious (laughs) legit that's it i'm
6: all i'm all for the juxtaposition of like making someone feel like feel emotional but dancing at the same time like you're like dance crying like (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah like then you need you need those songs man you need those songs like life is life has got to be like that sometimes you need moments where you can just sit back and laugh and just smile and not to think too serious about everything it's important and yeah. I think Relient K really, yeah, they they do well to allow their own personalities come through the music in moments like that, and um, I respect them for it. It's so sick,
0: for sure. Well, I think that's a great that's a great uh, way to leave off. Um, is there anything you want to let our listeners know about how to check out check out your work? Uh, you got your YouTube channel. We were watching that today watching of your original videos and they're amazing i don't remember the titles i don't have the titles memorized yet no, that's but... <laughs> you
6: make them up right give me some ideas for some new song titles Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nah um yeah just fine i'm on i'm on everything really um instagram and like obviously youtube I, I i post a lot of covers on youtube because it's it's just where i i get out to have fun um, gotcha all my originals are on spotify and itunes and yeah keep up to date on like my socials it's just all my name Seek power um and yeah no pressure (laughs) yeah it's (laughs) um, it's all good
0: oh i just remembered there was some uh, this is what we'll leave off on we were watching so i had never watched i'd watched a bunch of your regular music but i'd never seen any of your voice clips before Uh and so we watched a couple of performances from that And there's this one. It's like where you're with Kelly Rowland up on this like platform over like like, a like a set of a of a like a destroyed fire with fire. and yeah. it's, it's like earth song by Michael Jackson yeah, and you have yeah, like yeah. safety harnesses on your wrists <laughs> and you're going back and forth and it starts raining. And I'm like, yeah. this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And we want to know like, what was the process for, I have no idea. Like in terms I, I definitely have seen singing competition shows, but I have no idea. Like what's the process for something like that happening? Does the producers come to you or did who like comes up with the idea and creates that sec- set decoration? Like that was so amazing. Yeah. And it's like, fire all around you like what's the story yeah. behind that performance
6: yeah it was intense man like um in all the right ways um it, so i i was a finalist on on my season of the voice so um and i was the i was on kelly Rowland's team obviously it'd be so funny if they just made you sing with like another coach <laughs> like, <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway yeah so it was, it was kelly and i um and Earth Song was like the it was that particular episode that was the finale. So that was like the last episode of the of the season. And so all of the finalists, you know, performed with their coaches um, and they had these extravagant sets and stuff, set designs. I I'm not even being biased, but I think like our set kind of. It it was it was a set. It was it was legit. (laughs) Yeah, um, Yeah, I don't know how you would
1: top that. It was amazing.
6: yeah it was definitely it was definitely like something I've never done before or since um <laughs> uh, this, yeah it was crazy but the um the thought and everything that went into it I remember like so we had like a week a week's worth of rehearsals and just like preparation before the the final episode and um yeah we we did a bunch of dress rehearsals for that there was we were we were legit up like a good like ten. To 12 meters off the ground like it yeah. was it was a, like if we were gonna fall we were gonna fall <laughs> um and we were like barefoot we, we, they wanted to put us in shoes like uh, they wanted us to wear shoes put us in shoes like lift us <laughs> up and put us in shoes. they wanted us to wear shoes like on the set but the actual platform was um it was like this it wasn't styrofoam but it was like this material that was meant to you were able to grip onto okay when it got wet because it was like rain and so um we ended up we tried it i think maybe like with shoes and one dress rehearsal and it was like hella slippery bro like, yeah and i'm sitting next i'm like standing next to Callie. And i remember both of us just like hanging on i'm looking at i'm like yo destiny's child needs to continue like, at some point like we need to get it down like um, who am i but i mean right here like I'm slipping, fam like get her on, get it down like real quick um so yeah we ended up going barefoot but the whole the whole experience of doing that song in particular was was special man um yeah kelly's a she's crazy bro she's <laughs> like like and I'm, I'm saying sorry the way that i compliment people is like <laughs> right. i say dumb things like yeah i get it <laughs> when you're so good at something you make me physically angry and i want to punch a cat like, that's, how I, that's, that's how i that's me complimenting me you, like you're doing great you keep doing it um but yeah so kelly really took on like uh i was really grateful to be able to um be on the show for as long as i was purely just to um learn from her and she really kind of took on like a big sister role um off camera as well and just getting to know her family and stuff and um but then being able to perform on that platform and on that scale was very yeah i was very grateful man yeah um it was it was definitely an over-the-top experience (laughs) and it was um yeah i you know i'll not everyone can say they 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 were on a uh, they stood on a platform, many many stories up in rain, surrounded by fire, thinking <laughs> of <laughs> one of Destiny's children. Was also- yeah. so.
0: It's amazing. I to, I encourage everyone to go check out that video if yeah. you haven't. Yeah, and like that should be. I mean, it's got it has millions of views. I think, but it's like this should be more. No, I guess like there's so many voices in different countries that like I guess we just don't know about the international ones necessarily but yeah it's yeah. It, it was an amazing performance so we were like uh, totally you, enraptured at that moment. Yeah yeah <laughs>
6: Yeah and that was that was like the the last uh that was the last season before like every, the pandemic right hit. so you know yeah we well, kind of asked it we were kind of us standing on platforms rain right, by fire yeah. <laughs> right, <now>. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh my God! Kind of prescient oh, yeah. by mistake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of thinking back. I'm like, maybe we shouldn't have done that performance. Man. <laughs> it was like a sign of the times coming. But anyway, right. no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time and thank thanks you, and uh, for it, all the amazing covers and everything. And we still have a couple more that we haven't covered on the show yet. I think one or two. Boxing Day was one. Up and
6: Ups one. Yeah. Yeah. Yo. So, dude, I think Up and Up was the first. I think that was the first song that I covered on my oh, YouTube. Oh, okay. Episode. Maybe I'll do an updated one so we can, like, <laughs> not go back that far. <laughs> well, yeah. I better rip your old one off YouTube before you decide to <laughs> yeah. delete it. Yeah, legit. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, nah, man, I appreciate you guys even considering to have me on the show. Yeah. Um, well, I'm thank you for honest.
1: replying. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you.
6: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Uh, massive fan, man. So, massive Thank you. We're, f- fan we're fans you
0: too. Great. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. <laughs> we
5: just wasted at least an hour of.